With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Living the dream once again here on a fabulous Saturday. It is Hartman and Papinga with you. Huge day of football with the college bowl games getting underway. And, of course, NFL football a little bit later on. We're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 50 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, we got everything. Sort of the the kickoff of, obviously, the bowl season. We got a number of bowl games, most of which nobody cares about. Yeah, well, I was just – I mean, I just was watching one right now. They had, like, uh, who's playing right here? Troy and North Texas. Oh, there you go, Troy. Long-awaited matchup of these two powers. Yeah, so you got Troy and North Texas here. And I got to tell you, I mean, they got the announcer showing up there, you know. And right. you know much about Kelly Stauffer, Stouffer? Kelly Stouffer was one of the biggest busts in the history yeah. of the National Football And, League. I mean, this guy, he needs to improve his game as an analyst. He's been if around a long time. And you listen to him, yeah. you may end up becoming dumber about the game of football. <laughs> and I'm not trying to dog on him. I'm just telling you the absolute truth. Well, you're truth. doing a good job if you're not trying to well, dog on Well, I mean, him. I don't know. You just, I just said you listen to this guy, I, you get well, dumber. I happen to, well, I, you know, he's covered a lot of BYU games. Kelly some games I've, yes. I've caught, like, Boise State games. And I sit there and I try to listen to him, and it literally is so poor. His analysis of the game that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for other options of audio. You know, I'm like, where's the radio? I mean, it's just I can't sit there and take it. For, and I can't – I mean, it's just – come on. Let's do some work here, guys. Let's go in and study the game. And it's not like – I mean, when, is, when did he play? His career is in the mid-'80s. Yes, yeah, so he was – It's here. a different game, and these guys haven't adapted. These guys continue to think, okay, I'm going to use my 80s knowledge for the year 2017. That's like going back – I mean, to give a perspective, let's go like going back to the 80s and using stuff back in the 1950s as kind of your – foundation to analyze the game it doesn't work the game has evolved there's so many other concepts and there's so many other cool things and nuances that an analyst should be able to tell 
the viewer, so when the viewer leaves, like, wow, that that's cool. That They'll gain a greater appreciation for the game, for the coaches, for the strategy, and he just doesn't do a good job. He needs to up his game, well, do more research. This is a guy, Kelly Stouffer, without belaboring a whole show on Kelly Stouffer, who was the yeah, sorry about that. sixth just... overall pick in the 1987 draft, quarterback out of Colorado State. He got drafted by the Cardinals, sat out his entire rookie year with a contract dispute, Damn. Then they traded right. his rights to the Seahawks, where he basically was a backup quarterback that, that was the end of the career. But it was a big story in 1987. The oh, sixth yeah. overall pick sat out the entire year in a contract dispute. Well, I'm sure he was looking and at then his way rights and, were Well, you know, I don't know. Of, he was thinking that, you know, he, he was big manipulate. time. Colorado State. So there well, you go. I mean, I don't know if it's that, but, I mean, he was a top pick. So, I guess, but it, he, yeah, it was obviously yes. the wrong choice. But So, 30 years later, is, he doesn't know anything about football. I wouldn't say anything. It's just when you watch it, you yeah. like somebody to be a little <laughs> bit more current. And, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a, you know, one of those kind right. of, uh, you could say, overly critical guys because I am in the business. Yes. But I sure enjoy a guy who knows his stuff. Like Kirk Herbstreit. He'll get on there. Right. Yeah, he's a mid-80s guy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He will give you stuff that's legit. He will actually tell you stuff. They're like, wow, I didn't see that. Like that that shows you that's that guy's doing his homework. Somebody goes out there and they and they're basically just saying, "Yep, the green, the the turf is green. There's white numbers. You know what? We got to, you know, just the obvious." What ends up happening is you just it, it ruins the whole entire production. Well, Stouffer is going to uh, break down this Troy North Texas game today. So he's got a pro, a plum assignment. So we wish him all the best with that. Yeah. All right, we have we have a very busy day. We mentioned these bowl games and and understand this. I mean, obviously by and large there are very few of these bowl games. I mean, technically there's only Really, three games that matter. The two semifinal games and the final championship game, as far as actually meaning anything toward any semblance of what we could term a national championship, although it's far from that. By the way, I wanted to, uh, at the outset here, uh, Brady, uh, talk about uh, the follow-up of last week with the Heisman Trophy. Uh, The Heisman Trophy was (laughs) announced. as expected. (laughs) As expected, Baker Mayfield or Womp. But I do want to, kudos. Um, My final ballot, now that I can reveal it, had Baker Mayfield number one. I had Rashad Penny at number two, the San Diego State running back, and I had uh-huh. Bryce Love, the Stanford running back, third. That was my final ballot. I, I want to give kudos to the 124 Heisman balloters, voters, that actually had Rashad Penny on their ballot, first, second, or third. That's a pretty good hey. representation. Shows finished, they did their homework. He Talked finished fifth in the voting, yeah. which for a guy from a group of five conference is a pretty good deal. Also, the Associated Press named him a first-team All-American. In fact, he ended up as a consensus first-team All-American. So it's not just the San Diego State angle. It's the group of five angle getting some recognition that was well-deserved. So I'm going to give a little kudos there nice. just at the top of the Way show. Way to be. Yeah, and I wasn't alone. And in that's this. how we do it here at Hartman Papinga. We, get, we, we call it as we see it. If a guy doesn't do his homework, we're going to call you out. And right. by golly, if you go do your homework— and you do good work, we're going to give you credit. We're just going to give credit where it's due. Right. It's going to be for the positive and the negative. So do the positive. Yeah. That's the In point fact, uh, seven guys gave uh, Rashad Penny their first place vote. I didn't even do that. I had him second on my ballot. So again, That would have been a stretch. That would have been a stretch. Baker Mayfield, and I, I want to get more into Baker Mayfield a little bit later on the show because uh, he he is a big topic of conversation yeah, he's fascinating. moving on no in question. his uh, NFL yeah. career. All right. Uh, we've got college football today. These bowl games – uh, Brady, as you know, and your brother's a coach. Uh-huh. Um, this is valuable coaching time for these oh, uh, these schools. This is tremendous. this is why when we talk about these forty bowl games, and by and large, obviously very little meaning in any of these bowl games. But you have to understand the value 
to these coaches and these football programs to get this extra practice time because you're already limited by NCAA rules on how much practice time you get. So, you know, again, your brother's involved in this. I mean, how, how much does it mean time-wise to get an extra month of practices and not just, you know, wrap up one season but yeah. already get an early start on next year? Well, it's huge, and it's huge because, like you talked about, there's further development. For me personally – the biggest jump I made probably, uh, I, I'm not going to say my whole career, but because that happened between my rookie and second year in the NFL, right. which I was recovering from an ACL, which even made it more. But in your college career. But in my college career, it happened when we went to the bowl game. Yeah. It was it was this month, the month of December, where I went from sort of like swimming. The game was so fast and, you know, a lot of was being, you know, a lot was thrown on my plate. To all of a sudden, I was like, bing, light bulb goes on. I'm like, I get this game now. And I started, you could see it in practice, like I go against our first team offense because I was like more of a scout team reserve guy that I just started to make plays. And the coaches get so upset, you know, and then they'd start asking themselves, wait, now, is, it, is this because he's getting better? Are we just that bad that he's making these plays? And, right. And obviously the next year I emerged and ended up going on my run to where like, okay, you know what, he, he had the light bulb. So how was so it different huge. at this time of the year? Well, because it's the accumulation of everything. Yeah. You, you get to get basically carry over all that you've learned throughout – September, October, November. Plus, you haven't had this kind of practice time. Not really. You since the things, season had begun. You slow things down. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The, you're not preparing for an opponent week in, week out. But it wasn't right. that. To me, it was just more of the repetition. Like, you're, because you're repetition, you know, you're, you're, you're practicing and going over stuff. And just to have that extra month. Because usually, because after that, we didn't make a bowl game the rest of my career. And after that, if you don't make a bowl game, you go to the weight room. They don't, you don't get down to three point stance right. and go over strategies and schemes. You know, maybe today they do because it, because it would be a nice step in the next progression of evolution of that kind of training. But back then, yeah, we would just go right to the weight room and start doing bench press and squats and becoming power lifters instead of football players. It's interesting because also at this time of the year, you get the coaches that side that have taken news jobs and they're gone. So you get yeah. these interim coaches. I mean, you have this weird situation in UCLA right now where Chip Kelly <laughs> is the new coach, but you got an interim guy that's not even going to be on the staff next year still coaching UCLA. So you have this weird dynamic of a, a lame duck interim coach, you know, and, and you got the guy that's going to be overseeing the program, looking at what they do during the course of the month. Uh, and then you get players backing out of this game as well. Yeah. You got the Freeman kid backing out of the Oregon game today against Boise State. Which is smart. It is smart. In fact, yeah. you know, interesting, I wanted to ask you about this because you got your Wyoming quarterback. Yeah, well, he's – Who is still projected on most boards <laughs> to be a the... top 10 pick. He needs all the opportunities he can get to show that but he deserves that. But is it smart that. for him? But does he does he need to play? Is he putting himself in jeopardy? Because he's not been 100% healthy. I mean, that's one of the problems that he's had during the season. But is he – is he making a risk by insisting that he will play in this bowl well, game for you, Wyoming? You're always taking a risk. Every time you step on the field, there's an inherent risk. It's a violent game. We know that. And it's uh, one to where you have to balance out with what's the result, what's the the upside. And if there's no – like, let's say he went out there and just tore up the season, Steve. I mean, yeah. just dominated. Sure. And he was absolutely like, okay, I've shown everything I can show, and there's nothing more that these guys need to see. I would shut it down because you have nothing to gain at that point. You've tapped it out. Uh, but he's on the other end of the spectrum. He's got a lot to show still. So you need to take advantage of every opportunity you get. And, yeah, you may get hurt, but still that doesn't, you know, undercut the upside of going out there and maybe showing him an improvement in an area that teams have been asking themselves if this kid is 
you know, proficiently, you know, playing at high enough level at right now to where we can say, yeah, we can justify using a first rounder on it. Because you got to remember, he's a good quarterback. He's a guy that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna value high. But what puts him into that first round echelon is is this guy turnkey ready or as close to being turnkey ready as possible. And if he's not, that drops him down. And today he can prove that he's turnkey ready in some areas, or at least closer to that well, than he's shown throughout the season. Let's just update you on this. So Josh Allen, the bowl game for Wyoming is the Potato Bowl, which is going to be coming up on the 22nd. Now, he still hasn't said whether or not he will play. That's in Boise, he right? He said he wants to. Yeah, he wants okay. to play if he's Potato. 100%, but he's not there quite yet. So right now it's still not 100% uh, whether or not he will actually play in that game. Which so, is fine. Yeah. I, I like I said, like Royce Freeman. That's he made the absolute correct decision. This guy has shown what he can do multiple times over. I mean, he's a power back. Right. He's a lot like a Jonathan Stewart with the Carolina Panthers, and you're playing a position where you're going to receive and absorbing a lot of blows. If he goes and blows his knee out, you know what? I mean, he's going to recover, be fine, all that good stuff. But his his value will drop. And I mean, heck, you may have a knee injury like uh, Jalen Smith when with Notre Dame now with the Dallas Cowboys at that. Blew him out of the first round, you know. Obviously, he's playing, doing well now, but that could cost you millions of dollars. But another thing, too, is if these guys protected themselves with these loss-of-value insurance, uh, what do they call them, policies, mm-hmm. that's another way to mitigate the risk to where you can say, hey, man, if heck, if I do get hurt, you know what, I'm projected because a lot of these guys have submitted their paperwork to the NFL and got already a grade that then these insurance companies use as the baseline to then say, okay, if, if he's a second-round pick, let's say, and he drops three rounds, we're going to guarantee him the difference between the payout of those rounds, then I would play. Because it's like, well, the worst-case scenario is, you know what, I drop and I get paid what I would have if I didn't drop, and I still have, you know, eight months to recover and do all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables going on here, but it is a business decision. All right, so uh, speaking of quarterbacks, we're here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Aaron Rodgers is coming back, but he says he's not here to save the season for the Packers. So why the hell is he coming back tomorrow against the Carolina Panthers? We'll tell you. Coming up next. Rogers! Harbin and Pepinga wasn't mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And car insurance means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Obviously a big week, week 15 in the National Football League. We got a lot of games we're going to get to today. One of the certainly more intriguing games tomorrow will be Green Bay on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Panthers in a prime position right now to uh, get into the postseason. Green Bay needs to run off three straight wins, and they still need help after that to actually get into the postseason. But now all of a sudden everyone is very confident that Green Bay will get to their desired destination because Aaron Rodgers is back from the broken collarbone. We do remember four years ago he had a similar situation just for the last game against the Bears and we remember how he pulled that game out. Unbelievable, yeah. It was an unbelievable win for the Packers to get into the postseason that year. Uh, a much tougher road this year. They have to be at Carolina. They have to beat the Vikings at home and then have to win at Detroit. And, of course, the Lions are playing today against the Bears. So the Lions Detroit's try dangerous, to, too, by the way. They're dangerous. Yeah. And if they win, they obviously could be in a position that last game to get into the postseason as well. But it was interesting this week because uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's always been known to make comments like relax and all these kind of things, he made it clear that he's not coming back to somehow save the season for the Packers. 
he got into some vague thing about, you know, <laughs> coming back and, and playing at a certain level that it's he expects so of funny. himself and, and whatever. <laughs> so let, let's let's just get back to realistically. Uh, you're going against the Panthers. They have a top six defense in this league. The Vikings next week, obviously, if, probably have the best defense in the NFL. The Packers have the 26th ranked defense right now in the National Football League. That's a problem, big one. So Aaron Rodgers could come back and maybe do his thing. Is he just sort of buffering the idea that just because he's back doesn't really make amends for a defense that's (laughs) subpar and that this Packer team is all not really all that good? What's he doing right now? I mean, you got to remember, he's always sort of called the shot. Yeah. Relax, you know, we're going to run the table, blah, 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 blah. And when he comes and says that, he says two things to me. First thing it says, he's coming back because he's missing the game. Right. He wants to just play. Yes. And that, you you hit the nail on the head. He's not sure how everybody else is going to respond, especially the defense. The defense is the big question mark. The offense has actually improved around him. He'll right. be so, I, I, their offense will be better when he gets back than when he was hurt against the Vikings. By the way, just a quick note the line yep. on this game has Carolina as a two and a half point favorite. Vegas says the line would have been nine and a half without Aaron, right? Without Aaron. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. In but, fact, odds yeah. on the Packers to win the Super Bowl went from forty to one to twenty to one. Hey, there you to go. win the NFC went from twenty one to ten to one based on one guy. But there's no, yeah, I mean he is the best pure quarterback in the history of the NFL, and there's really no argument when you look at what's the whole purpose of a quarterback. Well, score points, take care of the ball. Highest passer rating by far in the history of the NFL. Yeah, but he also went. He uh, achieved three hundred passing touchdowns yes. quicker than any other quarterback by far. Mm-hmm. With by far. The least amount of interceptions. But so he's I mean, only he's only won one Super Bowl. Exactly, and that so was that's, seven years ago. And that's where the other you know the other side of the argument comes. Well, wait, isn't it about winning games? It's right. like, well, you got to get some help too. You know, yes, you do. It's it's just not one guy, a one man show. But when you break down, hey, if what well, you want out of a quarterback, if you could draw him up on the blueprint, right. You know, the, the the dry eraser board. Who is it? it, it Aaron fits. Well, from that a mold passing perfectly. standpoint, there is no argument. Well, just how he operates. Yeah, everything. You know, like I said, it's it, playing quarterback is simple. It's mm. hard to do, but it's simple. You. Score points, you don't give up the ball. Right. And he does it better than anybody at a historic rate. So that, it makes sense that all those you know numbers shift. But, yeah, I mean, the offense has improved. Devontae Adams has improved. The running backs for the Packers have improved. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, without Aaron, because they don't have to depend on him. You know, they had to basically carry their own weight. So if they could keep that same mentality and then you add Aaron to the fold, they're going to do well. The, the question comes to defense. They have some injuries in their secondary. Kevin King, their top pick this last year cornerback is out with the shoulder a lot of other things going on so we'll see I, I i'm not optimistic about their defense so if they do win these games it's going to have to come from their offense their offense is going to have to carry them and with aaron there it can happen but I, I do believe aaron's a little hesitant on this one and i i never bet against aaron by the way but the fact that he said it the way he said it to me sort of makes me think that uh all right, It'd be a good I, thing if they win, I, but he's not hes not fully for sure like he used to be. All right, here I want to talk about a risk factor with him because we had heard oh, reports yeah. earlier before the doctor said you're clear to play that there were several doctors saying he's nowhere near ready to play, that the healing of this is not done these doctors, yet. These doctors are hilarious. And, and we mean, know that these doctors, a lot of these doctors, yeah. will they're paid to deliver – Whatever news the team wants. In other no, words, not not, McKen- not McKenzie the Packers. Really, he's the one exception. If that was the case, I'll give you a quick contrast. All right, what if he gets hurt and his season ends, and it's then revealed that he was brought back too soon, like he give- re-injured the same thing? Well, let me go back and tell All you right. a quick contrast between two doctors: one with the St. Louis Rams when right. I when I end up playing there, and one with the Packers, Pat McKenzie. 
So I tear my ACL in 2010. Right. Come back, fully healed. I've been running around. It's been already eight months since, the, uh, yeah, eight months since I injured it. I come, I do a physical for Pat McKenzie, and he says, Brady, you're going to have to sit. So I'm like, I'm ready to go, right? I can just walk right into training camp. He goes, no. He's like, if it's up to me, you're going to have to wait another three weeks. He told that to the front office. The front office is like, no, we're not going to wait around for Brady, especially now that they've eliminated two days. Remember, they eliminated two days. So he's like, we're going to let you go. So they cut me. Boom. Next day, I fly into St. Louis. They have me do a workout. They're like, we want to sign you. I end up signing. And guess what their doctor said? You're ready to play tomorrow. I go and play. So there's the difference. McKenzie, he's the kind of guy that you're ready. Okay, we're going to wait another three weeks. Versus every other doctor's like, oh, no, you go. So the fact that McKenzie cleared him to play shows you that like he is so ready, it's not even funny. Now let's go to the technicalities of this thing. Because this would blow – I got into a little discussion on Twitter with a guy, and he didn't even respond back. And he's this supposed, like, know-it-all doctor that everybody asks sports questions to. Even your guys down there in San Diego, uh, Richards, Judson, Judson, right? Judson Richards, Yeah, yes. he's a guy that always retweets his tweets. So, anyway, uh, he tells me the, he tells me the same thing. Because my tweet was, if, if, if Dr. McKenzie cleared Aaron to play, he's absolutely 100% healthy, the bone's ready to go. He says, there's no way. There's no scientific way that the bone is ready to go this quickly. And I'm well, like, well, and several doctors have said me? that. I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? I was like, you got to understand in the football world, it's not a matter of is the bone ready or not ready. It's a matter of are you going to be taking on a higher amount of risk than you would previously? And here's my point. I t- and that's why I told him, I go, you know, with an ACL, that you'll clear a guy to play saying he is 100% knowing very well that his ligament that you just replaced the old torn one with isn't between quotations 100%, but you also know that that player isn't carrying any extra risk because you're letting him play. Well, how's it different with an ACL as opposed to a broken bone? It's actually the same exact – well, there's actually the bones better because they can fortify it with titanium is what they do with Aaron. They put like a titanium thing into it to fortify it. So it's actually stronger now. The bone itself isn't. But the actual structure of his body is stronger right. now than it was go before. Back. I want to go so, back. When I worked for so the Raiders doctors, back in the 80s. Let me just finish by this. Yes. These doctors, they, they don't get caught up with they went to the, the med school and this, that, and the other. You know what? They they have their knowledge base. Fine. But they're not the end-all, be-all. And they like to spin things to, to make yeah, them they sound seem, for the make themselves seem they smart. They work there. In other words, this was the most famous yeah, book ever written by told you, but Kenzie a former do team doctor. And it was when I worked for the Raiders, Dr. This is not Rob the, but this isn't the Packers. he wrote a book called You're Okay, It's Just a Bruise, where he revealed time and again yeah, during those Packers, days though. where they were like, so how's he doing? Uh, he's not ready yet. You're not hearing me. How's he doing? No, he's still a couple weeks away. That's not the Packers. Wrong answer. That's How's not the he Packers. doing? That's not the Packers. Really? The Packers are the only oh, pure team I again out experienced there. It. I again experienced it. Actually, three of us did. In that same year, 2010, when we went on to win the Super Bowl, I had an ACL. I didn't completely tear my ACL. What happened was is they went in to clean out my knee, and it was hanging on by a thread that I had been playing with for weeks. And so they fixed my meniscus. In two weeks, I could have been ready to play again. And that's when we were decimated by injuries on the defensive side. And, and, and guess what happened? Any other team would have said, brace it up and play. McKenzie goes, no, we're shutting you down. The worst thing that could happen is you chip a bone and your whole lifestyle is now affected moving forward. And I'm telling Ted that. And Ted heard it. He's like, we're shutting him down. He did the same thing to Jeremichael Finley. He did the same thing to Brandon Chiller. They did the same thing with Nick Barnett. All these guys could have So you're saying that if injury, he re-breaks that collarbone in this game, it's not on the doctor. No. Because, because that doctor will get crucified. You of know. course. But, he, but they all know. 
very well. I think that's another factor that you just made. I mean, with this whole scrutiny for Michael Bennett, right? All of a sudden, or no, Martellus Bennett, with all of a sudden, I mean, compound that if Aaron goes out and breaks his shoulder or his collarbone yeah. again, mm. he's not going to do that. He wouldn't. I mean, th- this is the Packers are the most conservative organization when it comes to medical stuff. That's why, like, the whole Martellus Bennett thing was so, like, perplexing So if you were a Carolina Panther and you've got a clean shot on him. Oh, yeah, you're going to test it. You're going to test that thing. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Alex Marvez is going to be joining us. A lot more NFL inside. But let's let's bring on David right now. David Gascon. How are you, David? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today? We are good. I mean, uh, you know about broken collarbones, don't you, Damian? (laughs) No, I I had a torn rotator cuff. Tone torn rotate yeah. you can play through that one though david you know that i i tried and you do you're a tough yeah. guy i <laughs> couldn't make any catches though and i couldn't block so if you're no it. use to the team yeah, it's gonna cause it yeah that's gonna cause a problem take all me right. out to the shed and uh, put one in me i'm done busy so. day of bowl <laughs> games today all the must watch bowl games david yeah, do you guys got any money on these games or what uh, that nah, would be nah. nice. no nothing doing all right well the first one on on deck is the new orleans bulls get troy in north texas from the one yard line a jump Bow package here. Silvers hands it to Anderson. Touchdown, men of Troy. That's an opening drive statement here in New Orleans. And they lead right now 15 nothing. This ball game's early on in the first quarter for anyone that is desperately watching this game. Switching on over quickly to the National Football League. Atlanta Falcons tailback Tevin Coleman is out Monday night football because of a concussion in Seattle. Seahawks have announced that Bobby Wagner is a game-time decision against the Rams because of a bad hamstring. In that same game, Rams wide receiver Robert Woods will be given in to go. He has a bad shoulder, but he's you know listed as okay and listed off the injury report. Titans tackle Taylor Lewan is expected to play against San Francisco. Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, bad hamstring and all, is listed as questionable along the same with his teammate cornerback Joe Hayden. And one note in Major League Baseball, Yankees have agreed to terms on a one-year deal with CC Sabathia or $10 million. A physical is pending. Very good, David. Uh, thank you so much. Talk to you a little bit later on. Love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 833-SAL-JOIN. That's 833-SAL-JOIN. Well, we got a... Very, very busy week, week 15 in the National Football. It gets underway tonight, by the way, or this afternoon and this evening. Joining us right now, Sirius XM NFL Radio Sporting News NFL Insider Alex Marvez back on with us. Alex, we got a lot of games to get to. I want to start with the big game this evening between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Everybody's on that Charger bandwagon, ignoring the fact that the Chiefs have dominated this series Seven straight wins. They killed the Chargers earlier this year in L.A. Rivers, three picks, no touchdowns in that game. By far his worst game of the year. Are the Chargers getting a little too much hype, or is it more about the Chiefs are completely off the radar? Yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you think about it, look look at this game on paper, right? And this high-powered you know, Chargers offense. Listen, in the Raiders game, we're going to find out from what the Chiefs did. Was that an anomaly? 
are not. And while the Chargers have been winning games, they haven't exactly been playing the toughest of schedules. That's not their fault uh, when, it, when you look at it. But, you know, when, when you look at the Buffaloes of the world playing a Nate Peterman against them, the Cowboys without Zeke Elliott, the Washington Redskins last week where, you know, Jay Gruden doesn't even bother going for two to try to make it a two-score game at the end because his team is just ailing so badly and he decided to quit. Nice message. But do you get my point here? <laughs> this, this is the first time we're going to see the Chargers play someone halfway decent. And I'm only saying halfway because the secondary still concerns me. You don't know what you get with the Chiefs offense from week to week. So, I mean, this is really one of these games that, like, you're right. I mean, look, if the Chargers are no longer the Chargers, if you know what I'm saying, if they actually are going to win a big game when, when the pressure's on them, if they come through in the fourth quarter, if there's no special teams errors, then people are really going to start believing in them more. But on paper, Chargers should win this game. And how big of it is it for Philip Rivers' legacy to actually, like, pull something off historic? This guy's been an average guy that everybody thinks is a Hall of Famer. I mean, this could be an actual opportunity for him to, to, to support that rhetoric of being a legendary player. Well, I think, you know, here's the thing, though, Brady, until he has success in the playoffs, I don't know how much raising there can be on him, right? Yeah. You know, look, because there's some, there's some speculation right now, MVP talk about Phillip Rivers, you know, a comeback of the year potentially, although Keenan Allen may be fighting with him for that award on the Chargers as well. You know, but, but I mean, look, Phillip has re-cemented himself, and, you know, instead of being a guy now that we talk about as, oh, well, you know, he's on the downside and it's, it's, it's over and, you know, the Chargers should look at drafting a guy. And, look, a lot of us felt that, that this might be the end for Phillip Rivers this season with the way they started he has come back with a vengeance and and kudos to him uh, for doing that he has shown no signs of of being 36 35 36 years old so you know that being said it's going to take a run in the postseason I think for Philip Rivers to really talk when we talk about Mount Rushmore's of quarterbacks or Hall of Fames and and, you know because he's only played in a championship game and I just think that you know look Steve McNair to me has Hall of Fame credentials but he didn't win a Super Bowl one yard short right so Mm -hmm. Brady I mean and, and he doesn't even really get a sniff as far as top 25 right now or top Top 15. So to me, I think Philip Rivers, if he goes in the playoffs and makes some noise with this Chargers team, we'll talk a lot more about him in those reverend tones. Well, and that's the whole thing. I mean, basically, if you look at Hall of Fame quarterbacks, they're divided into two categories. Those that win multiple championships or those that break records. And he hasn't done either. So, uh, you know, again, he's on the all-time list because he's played a long time and he's never been hurt. So he's going to pile up numbers. I want to move on, though. I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles minus Wentz. Uh, obviously, they play the Giants this week. They should be able to win in New York. I think that's going to be a, a tighter game than some people expect. But can the Eagles still get to their desired destination with Nick Foles at quarterback? They can, but I tell you, there are just certain matchups for them that don't work well. You know what I mean? I, I just I just feel like Minnesota would probably have an interesting advantage over them, although who knows what that team – believe it or not, who knows what the Vikings play like in cold weather, right? But, I mean, I'm saying that because they are – Indoor really, stadium, I mean, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a dome team, and, and we don't know Case Keenum. You know, what is his track record of playing in the cold? We don't know. And if you're Philadelphia, you're hoping for those types of weather conditions for your home games. I mean, this is where the, the advantage that they have is already being at 11-2. and two. And basically just, you know, it, the home field advantage throughout the postseason should go their way ideally for them it's you know before week 17 then at that point you can cruise against the Cowboys get ready to play and then you're just two games away from getting to where you want to be and you've got a favorable matchup in all likelihood coming your way the first round but you know I I just feel like we're going to see from Foles now and I'm assuming look Nick will look better he didn't do badly last week he helped him win the game but I think we'll see a different Nick Foles in week 16 than we see in week 15 as he becomes more comfortable running this offense the good news is it's not like he isn't familiar with it there's new verb 
verbiage, anything like that. He was with this team, you know, but, you know, he's been with this team this year, but he's been with Doug Peterson for a long period of time. He knows what he's doing, but is it going to be good enough to take the Eagles where they want to be? Now, going from the Eagles to the Seattle Seahawks, you know, Michael Bennett, what a cheap shot he is at Ooh. the end of the game, taking out the knees of the centers, Jacksonville Jaguars. No fine. They're Alex. What is the NFL doing? What kind of message are they sending? I know. And I mentioned this on Fox Sports Radio last night when I was on with Jason Smith and, and Mike Harmon. And I said, look, you know, this is where the NFL should give an explanation for something. Amen. Why yeah. didn't this happen? Right. I mean, because so many fans are asking the same question that you are, Brady. And I can't put rhyme or reason to why the NFL is doing these things from a disciplinary standpoint, why Juju Smith-Schuster would get one game for what he did. And yet, and yet, you know, Michael Bennett wouldn't get any for what he did. I mean, and it wasn't even to me like so much. I'm not into the swatting of the ball, the attack of the victory formation and going at Linder's knees. That was one thing, but then to go and roll on him the way that Michael Bennett did afterward, when the play was over to me, I mean, that was just, that's crossed such a line. I mean, across the line, not only, you know, as a football fan, but I think among players as well, it was oh, yeah. absolutely cheap what had happened. And then to see the NFL, not even fine him, let alone suspend him. It makes you wonder what they really are thinking, but listen, this is just part of what's going on at three forty five. Park Avenue. We have officiating decisions that go on that, that yeah. make us all scratch our heads. You know, it just and I think it erodes at the confidence of the people. You know, it erodes the fan confidence in the NFL doing the right thing. I think it's at an all-time low, and I think that's something that's hurting the NFL as well when they talk about TV ratings, etc. If we don't trust that you're going to do the right thing, and we think it's half pro WWE, you know, running this <laughs> thing, then why do you watch it? Yeah, and uh, you know what about that? What do you think about just like in baseball? You know how, like, on the intentional walks, you say, hey, just go to first base. What if, like, a team has no way to stop the clock? You know the, the you know the winning team's just going to down it. What if the coaches just said, all right, we're, you know, we don't need, let's not even go through this. Let's just call it a game. I mean, because think well, about it. When in the last time in the history of football when they've actually implemented the, the uh, victory formation that an offense actually fumbled the ball? Yeah, I know. Well, you're right about the victory formation, but listen, not all teams necessarily run the victory formation. One can go back to Herm Edwards, who's still running, uh, you know, in the old Meadowlands after returning Joe Fasarczyk's mistake when he tried to hand the football off at the end of that game. I mean, there are just some teams, too. Look, if it's the end of your season and you're desperate, you're going to try anything to keep it alive. But what, what they did, and again, it's really I, I, the, the first part of the play. To me, I didn't like it, but I but I was okay with it. In that, look, it's a football type play, but I, they were trying to catch him off guard, and I don't think I, I don't know if anyone was expecting it. But the roll with it from Bennett after that, and then on top of that, to do it again a second time <laughs> on the following play, and Pete Carroll coming out and getting that fine, you know, for to you for you to call that play the first time says one thing. For you to do it twice, I mean that that's just not that's not a good look for anybody. Alex, I want to get to. Goodell in the future. So now that it's been revealed that 90% of Goodell's contract, remaining contract with the extension, will be performance uh, motivated. In other words, you know, pretty much what he's been doing so far. It's no different with the extension on his deal. This idea of streaming versus network. Here, here's what I'm not getting. Attendance is down at NFL games. So the idea there is, well, fewer people are going to spend the money because they can stay at home and watch the games. Yet the TV ratings continue to be in a free fall. They had a disaster for that uh, Ravens-Steelers game, which was an unbelievable game. Ratings were down year to year, just off the charts. But if you're selling streaming rights, if I'm the network, I'm like, let me get this straight. You're selling for billions of dollars streaming, which is only taking more people away from television. Where is this money going to come from? Explain this to me. I mean, ESPN apparently is all into streaming. Fox has bailed out on that idea. 
How is this dynamic going to work when those TV contracts are up in 2021, 2022, if they sell out to the streaming services? What are the, what are the networks going to come back? Well, are they really going to offer more money for diminished returns? Well, I mean, that, and this is the gamble I think that the NFL is taking. And you, you've seen that new commercial, right, with that, that little girl who's out on a field and, and uh, someone pops out and says, what's a computer? Or, you know, yeah. hey, you're, you're on your computer. She goes, what's a computer, right? It's an iPad commercial. Uh, so, you know, I look at it like that someday. And I think we're going to have kids that say, what, what's, a, what's a TV? Sure. You know, it's like, it's like well, it's really, it's like, what's a phone booth? What's a clothesline? You know, those types of things that, that just, you know, went the way of the Edsel, for example, right? Uh, so, you know, you think about it, and maybe the NFL is thinking, listen, our next bidding, it's not going to be from the TV networks. Maybe it's going to be, you know, from Amazon. Maybe it's going to be from Google. Maybe but the money is so much up. less. I mean, you're well, they, they, they so right were $2 now, billion? Dollars? I mean, compared to the network, con- that's peanuts for the NFL. Well, but the question is, is this their toe in the water? And looking ahead, when we're talking about three, four years from now, on what the what the landscape is going to look like when these TV contracts expire, remember this too. This is something that they're they're sending. They're putting the TV networks on notice. You're going to have to bid for this sort of stuff. You're going to have to bid to have these things. You're going to have to bid for streaming. You're going to have to bid to keep it off the air. I know it's a terrible way to treat your partners, and you go around it that way. But this is the NFL doing business, and they are determined to keep revenues growing. To and you know, from a TV and an, an online standpoint, to compensate for exactly what you're talking about people not showing up for games you know people not being willing willing to pay these types of tickets because it's so cost prohibitive to go to these types of contests so i think that's what you're looking at and steve look we'll see if it's right or wrong i don't know i'm just trying to give you an idea as to why the nfl would do something like this uh, and the whole thing just does not add up to me but hey a lot of people are being paid a lot of money to make big decisions hope it's going to work out for them alex as always uh well we'll talk to you next week happy holidays you're all set for the holidays right alex uh, I no, not at all. No, By no. the way, and I, under, and, and I understand Steve as a guy who still is using his flip phone. Why you would be so upset because you can't you can't see it? So I have no idea. I'm really sorry look about at that. I, look know, at I. I have a 21 year old, a 19 year old, and a 16 year old, and they're already saying, "What's TV?" They have no idea what a television <laughs> is. So yes, we're we're definitely old school. Alex, thanks so much, man. Awesome, gentlemen. Be good. Happy All holidays, right. Uh, Sirius XM, NFL Radio and Sporting News, NFL Insider. We're in the Geico Foxworks Radio Studios. I want to get more into this dynamic with you, Brady, Yeah. about the Goodell contract, yeah. how it works, not only for the television contracts, but the collective bargaining agreement coming up in 2020. All that coming up next. Harbin and Papinga. Hey, great news. There's a quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. When, when do you start really digging in on your uh, my Christmas Christmas shopping and well, everything else? You know, the good thing is, is I already I've, I've already done some of it. Yeah, and uh, oh, here's the best story. So I was talking about my kids, like the gift I was going to give my wife. <laughs> and so I, my wife may be listening right now, so I'm not going to tell you exactly yeah, what the course. gift is. Yes, but yes. Uh, I, I pull it out of a box, and it's like wrapped and all this kind of stuff in this nice bag. So you could open the bag and close the bag, right. you know, to make it very nice. So you can't see the, the gift. And so I pull it out and they start laughing so uncontrollably. And really? My daughter About is, what you got her? She was, my daughter, who's 13, was mocking it, laughing at it mm. so badly that mm. she almost peed her pants. Really? In that moment. And I'm like, so you're telling me this isn't a good gift. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the thing. When you have well, I don't now, know. We'll now, your, now your youngest now is 
My youngest is six. Six. Now, when you have a six-year-old, <laughs> four, 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 four years old. I got old. four, six. So you still see. I remember when my kids were young. Yeah. You know, you you got to do double shopping. You're, oh, you're my shopping wife, she for takes them, care of all that. and then you know, you know, and everything else. Oh, so. My wife's been doing that. She's been ordering stuff like crazy. Yeah. So yeah, things a lot are rolling in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's fine. I just, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 the fact that I got my wife one gift already—that's good. We're still like a that's week good. away. Right, I feel good. like I'm ahead of the curve. All so. right. So there, like I said, for, if you are married, you got five holidays to worry about with your wife. Five. 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 I just You've got Christmas. Uh, okay. You have her birthday. Yeah. You have your anniversary. Ooh. You have Mother's Day. Oh, that's right. And you have Valentine's Not Day. Three. Not four. Whoa. Yeah, see, luckily. That's five. See, well, luckily, Valentine's Day you get and my anniversary for, are or the same, same exact day. day. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You so you, February you 14th. <laughs> but no, am I right, though? Those say if you're oh, married you're right. you're with right. a, and she's a mom, those you are better, five. You better, you better, yeah, you better come See, what I always found out, Mother's Day was the most critical. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, you never no. know, man. Mother's Day. Have you ever had any gifts? I'm, I mean, I've had gifts. Oh, yeah. I had, a, I had my wife throw a gift back in my face. Yeah. See, I had my wife, when I, I gave her this watch. I forgot yeah. the name of it. She she started crying when she opened it up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she really likes it. Yeah. Opposite. <laughs> <laughs> she hated you it. Inconsiderate <laughs> buffoon. She hated it yeah. so badly yeah. that she was calling my uh, her mom about it. Well, it doesn't it. sound like you're on a good pace then if your I'm daughter's just, mocking believe, the gift you got her for Christmas. I mean, you wouldn't believe the kind of you know work I've been through to try to find out what kind of presents my wife likes. Right, so now, maybe this year changed. Now, one guy that may have his uh, shopping tempered a little bit is... Roger Goodell, because now that the details are out that yeah. his contract extension is 90% bonus related, and Jerry Jones, who fought for that kind of contract, apparently convinced the owners to do so, uh, said there are no layups in this contract. There's no, like, you know, you show up for work and you get a bonus. None of that. So you got the collective bargaining agreement coming up in 2020. Network deals are up in 21 and 22. This whole dynamic of streaming versus the network's Bottom line is, if he doesn't increase revenue, doesn't he ain't going to get a penny. Yeah, which is so, that's how it should be. I mean, how, let's start with the idea that the collective bargaining agreement is before the network contracts are up. So that, how does that work? Because you have nothing to you have nothing to negotiate from, both from the owners and the players. Right. So you're basically guessing. I have to think that the TV people are going to give them some kind of idea of this is what we're going to be dealing with. Or else there's going to be no football. So the TV people are going to have to sort of so the players show would, their cards if earlier. If the players don't have any clue, if the owners, if the networks are just sitting there saying, well, both the we're not there the yet, yeah. and uh, so the owners say, well, players say, if we don't have something concrete, we're not going to do a deal with you guys. Yeah, and I'd imagine it'll favor the owners because with all the rhetoric of the declining ra- uh, the the ratings, yes, which owners uh, are going to be like, oh, we're going to lose money. We got to we got to give you guys less. And so, you know, and, and the players being you know, led by DeMore Smith are probably going to buy that. Yeah, well, the uh, over the course of the season right now, ratings year to year, they now say they have lost 120 million viewers from year to year and this in is the a, NFL and this over is what the course of the entire this season. This is what determined those TV contracts. So I, if this keeps up, I can't, I can't imagine it goes anywhere but backwards. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, New England, Pittsburgh tomorrow. We get ready next. Rolling on on this big, big Saturday. It is Hartman and Papinga coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, indeed, we got a lot of things going on. The bowl season is underway. By the way, this Troy team, you know, they finished the year 10-2. and Remember they won that game at LSU and they were ready to 
dump Ed Orgeron. You were for sure. <laughs> well, get, I thought, out, get him out of here. I was like, well, everyone. Even though he's got ten million dollars guaranteed. Well, get here, him out. here's the thing. <laughs> he'd been there. Everyone for three loves games. Ed Orgeron. The question is, is he a legitimate head coach? He had failed at Mississippi. Obviously, he's a tremendous recruiter. Yeah. Now LSU recovered after that and actually had a pretty good season. Yeah. So he survived it. But maybe looking back, that Troy team uh, that upset LSU it wasn't too shabby. They're not too bad. No, they've been uh, controlling this game versus North Texas. Yes, they're well coached. Yeah, they got some stuff going on for them. But it'd be, again, very fascinating. Not to say they'd win, but it'd be fascinating to see them play one of these you know, upper-tiered teams. Yeah. You know, uh, when we talk about some of these teams like Oklahoma, Alabama, let's see. I mean, you just never know until you put them out on the field. All right, so we got several bowl games going on today. Maybe the most interesting is that Boise State-Oregon game. A little bad blood between those programs. Uh, of course, Oregon's uh, coach Tagger left after one year to get his dream job down there at Florida State. Uh, Oregon ended up promoting their offensive coordinator to take over as a head coach. I still look back at Lane Kiffin like, what? how is it that Lane Kiffin, with what he did at Florida Atlantic this year, yeah. after three straight and three and nine seasons, they go 10 and three, was never even in the conversation. Because, man, these are blackballed. He has had too many catastrophic disasters in too many places. I mean, how can you leave Tennessee just hanging like he did just so he can go to USC? Well, he said USC you know? was his dream job. Then he got matter. fired on the tarmac at yeah, USC. Yeah, that's not his fault. That was Pat Hayden's fault right. for doing it so uh, disrespectfully. But to leave a program like Tennessee the way he did, like you know there was going to be some big backlash. And then even like his reputation at USC, yeah, it also followed him to Oakland. He just he well, just did he resolve that, that with his run at Alabama's offensive coordinator? And or? it doesn't even seem – I don't think it did. It seems as, not. It seems as though within, because you know it's a whole another kind of network. Yeah. They have these coaches' conventions on a year and out basis that college coaches go to to network and to find opportunities. And you have to think that within those walls and confines that they generally don't think highly of Lane Kiffin, although he's a heck of a football coach, because that's a big thing. He's got to be likable. People got to like you. But I know from a – Number of different sources. Yeah. Like Lane Kiffin is looked at as a slimy guy. Yes, well. Uh, Not a guy you want to trust. He uh, he does whatever it takes to win. He's of that mentality. I don't know. I, it He's out been, for himself. I'll put it this way. It would have been intriguing had Oregon hired him. It would I mean, been. the whole dynamic with Chip Kelly at UCLA it, I mean, and Clay Helton at USC. I get it. But wouldn't it be the worst, though? Like, you're starting to build something, and all of a sudden, the dream job again pops up, whatever that may be, and he leaves you hanging, and you got to start over? I mean, that's the danger you have, obviously. And no well, one was biting. That's, well, yeah, but, I mean, that's the whole point is that that, that kind of risk, because it's, it's tough to overcome. It puts a chink in your ability to – to build a program, then I mean, you got to be able to equate. Does it is it worth it to? Because every coach is vulnerable to that, but he seems to be more so. So I I I'm, I agree. I would not touch this guy with a ten foot pole. Well, obviously nobody did, so he'll be still at Florida Atlantic. All right, let's get to the NFL. Uh, we're going to get much more into tonight's huge matchup between the Chargers and Chiefs. But I want to move ahead to tomorrow. We got the Steelers hosting the New England Patriots. Patriots looked awful against yeah. Miami, a game that everyone figured they would win. Although Tom Brady now seven and nine in his career at Miami, but it yeah. didn't figure. I mean, Miami really wasn't playing well. They had nothing to play for, and New England just laid an egg. Yeah, it's so, cool though. I'm going to tell you what happens. First, you go from a cold climate to warm climate, shocks your body. Right. Secondly, they're sitting around in the hotel all day. That wears you out. 
I'm telling you, you go to a but this is cold, New England. Warm, this is I, they're you not a normal saying. team. I'm just saying they weren't going is, east coast to west coast. It was yeah, east coast east coast. I, I did it with the Packers. It is a different animal, man. We did that a number of times from from the from Green Bay to New Orleans, Green Bay down to Tampa, Green Bay, and, and by the way, we faced a Tampa team that was 0 and 8. That was the year we ended up winning our division and going to the playoffs, and we lost to them. All right, I'm just well, telling you, okay. it's a tough. That's All right, one but, thing. But this was more than that. New England oh. had no running game. Well, let me tell you another thing that happened. That Miami defensive front destroyed. You know New why? England. Because see, what happened is, is they don't. Nobody wants to admit it. Nobody's calling it out. But this is what absolutely happened. Bill Belichick, flat out, and his staff got out coached beyond belief. You know why? They were looking at the last game. Thinking that's the team we're going to play, preparing their team for that team. So Adam Gaze, Adam Gaze, him. well, yeah, and his D coordinator, like, dude, we're going to blitz more. We're going to be more deceptive. Like they were rolling stuff on defense where they'd show one thing and they'd give another. They ne- they never did that two weeks. And the craziest thing was, is Bill Belichick and company usually have masterful adjustments during the game. Guess what? None. All right. So Gronk so they did got, not play they in got that destroyed. game. Destroyed. Like, last year wise, dis- they got destroyed. Last year we dismissed Gronk's value to the team because he was out for the balance of the year and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. But in that game, it was like no Gronk. Where do we go? Yeah, but I'm going to tell you this because they had no adjust. Like they were just caught with their pants down. Right. I'm going to tell you straight up. This isn't new. This happens every year to the Patriots. At one point, they get blown out of the water. I mean, you can. I, usually, I swear, it's early in the year. Usually, it's early. I've seen it late in the year too. The bottom line is, is they'll recover. They'll be fine. This week against the Steelers is going to come down to who's playing for their defense. Because what they're what they're really dealing with defensively, and the reason why they had a tough time making adjustments against the Dolphins, the other guys are hurt. And the most important player on their team is Kyle Vanoy. And the reason is, is because he's a BYU guy, and I'm a BYU guy, and I'm a, I'm a homer. <laughs> this so is everybody... unbelievable. <laughs> I'm joking. Does BYU still play football? Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah. He's the most important player for two reasons. First, obviously, Bill Belichick loves flex- flexibility. Right. That means you got to have versatile players. The Kyle is a fantastic versatile player that can play on the end of line of scrimmage. He plays in their three-down lineman front where he's a fourth rusher that comes from anywhere. And then in a base situation, first, second down, he plays like a nickel off the ball cover linebacker facing tight ends. And with him out of the lineup, they were sort of stuck into a rigid scheme, which, like I said, they didn't have the ability to make adjustments. Plus, there was a lack of experience there. So yeah, but my point that's is that's going to be huge. If Jay Cutler could cut up that New England defense like he did, what is Ben uh, Roethlisberger going to do? With those guys around him? Yeah, with Antonio Brown and with uh, Le'Veon Bell and Jesse James, the bandito out there. By the way, Antonio hey, Brown, yeah. is there any argument that he's the best receiver in the league? I mean, he oh, is. Un- he's good. He's good? That's as far as you're going to go with Antonio Brown? Look what he does with other quarterbacks. With other quarterbacks. Yeah, like when, when Ben's been hurt, how's well, good saying, Antonio Brown? Here's been? what I don't understand. You know, we talk about the MVP award and Wentz seemed to be in the driver's seat, but now he's hurt. Yeah. They're talking about Rivers. I think Rivers has a legitimate chance if they run the table yeah, and they make the playoffs. Got after a ways to go still. Where's Ben Roethlisberger in the conversation? He should be. Well, everybody's looking at Antonio Brown. And to me, it's like you got to look at his numbers. Antonio Brown, when he has another quarterback, right. he is average. When he has Ben Roethlisberger, he's out of this world. Wait, well, who's the MVP? Who's is Ben? And that, is he think underrated? About that. Is Roethlisberger of underrated? I mean, think about that. It's like of that relationship. Yeah. I mean, who's the most important one? I mean, obviously it's Ben. And and you're going to say that you know well, Antonio Brown's Why is MVP. That? Why is a guy who's been at three I, Super Bowls, won two Super Bowls, has done as yeah, much as Ben Roethlisberger is? He's never in the conversation. I don't know. He that game he had last week. Oh. I don't know why he's not getting more adulation. 66 passes, 500 and some yards. 44 completions. 
I mean, to put the onus on him, because basically, if you follow the pregame, yeah. the, the the Ravens, their whole their whole philosophy is we're going to have to stop the run and then somehow contain Antonio Brown. Right. They and what and they work and they it did. up. Well, so what Bell didn't do anything. Well, yeah, that's ground. my whole point. And it works in and of the same because if you can stop the run, you give him predictable passing situations, right. and then you're able to get more guys away from line of scrimmage to render help on Antonio Brown. Even so, they had Bell stopped. They even had extra coverage out there, and they still couldn't stop the, Ben Roethlisberger. The last big, Unbelievable. That last long pass, oh. Antonio Brown, was a, as well as you could ever throw a pass. Oh, it was a beam. That was Perfect. a beam of light, dude. There's Just only beep. one spot. Dropping it in there. Boom. Right. There. I mean, phenomenal. And yeah, I, to me, he should be in the conversation. He just should as be, much but as no one talks guys. about him. But I they mean, wanted, it's unbelievable. They want to talk into, about Tony and Brown because he's he's on these commercials doing these stupid end zone dances. Brady, they got to get off of that. Brady, watching Brady at the end of that Miami game, you can tell when Brady is <laughs> he's angry. Flustered, yeah. Like he, it's beyond frustrated. Like oh, he's yeah. angry. Oh, he was flustered. And he's Brady sitting there going, Tom "Brady could do that." The hell's going on here? Oh yeah, you wait. He's going to come back. This week against well, he's my it's pick gonna, to have the most passing yards in the league. This I I just think he's going to this go, week. Uh, this yeah. week, he's yeah. Well, he's go got Gron- he's got Gronkowski coming back. Still a struggle against tight ends. Why is Gronkowski not out for the year after his? Uh, by the way, he still jail, has remember? yet to call the victim yet because he's to apologize. He's a mental like he's literally like a toddler mentally. Yeah, it's but like that, my is a, kids. that isn't uh, Mike, my that, that was a role. criminal act. I know he should be thrown in jail, like you said. I agree that with that. That was assault. But I mean, it's like my kids though. When I try, like with my one kid, my four and six year old, if they right. get into a fight, it literally is like pulling tooth. Mm. Even my thirteen yeah. and eleven year old, yeah, it's like pulling teeth to get to them, get them to apologize. Oh yeah, because they never want to admit they're wrong. He's in the same boat. It's like, dude, you you made a mistake. He's he said he's made a mistake. Right. All right, take it to the furthest degree and actually extend your apologies to somebody. But yeah, I mean, he should be. Yeah, probably he was asked about it again, and he said, "I'm focused in on uh, Pittsburgh this week." <laughs> now you become the company guy. How about that? You become the company guy in, in interviews when it's only convenient for you. When it when he's not under scrutiny like this, what is he doing? He's popping off to the media, and, you know, joking around, talking how big of a party animal he is. And- oh, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. It is. All right, <laughs> um, my mind. We uh, sexual harassment. Yeah has become a major topic that has fully engulfed the sports scene as well as the entertainment and political worlds. And now we have an NFL owner under siege. Wow. Is this opening up a Pandora's box? We'll explain what the NFL needs to do to squash this right now from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios coming up next. Hartman and Papinga, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So as if the NFL didn't have enough problems, now we have the sexual harassment charges that have infiltrated the sports world. We know about uh, what happened at the NFL Network. I don't think it's infiltrated. I, I believe it's more just been uncovered. Okay. It's probably well, been around forever, right? Well, it has been, and obviously it's been around in the entertainment business. It was always amazing, like in the entertainment business, for years they would talk about the uh, casting couch. You know, the idea that, what you the? know, young actresses would come in and sleep with big-time executives. Oh, it I was sort of just part of the, the job. Yeah. Like, it was like, it was not, it was, no one considered it, it was just part of the gig. Yeah. The casting couch, you know? Sure. Hey, you know, you got some young actress. She wants to make it. You got to do some time with the network executives. Wow. And then, and everyone just seemed like, that's oh, just part of the game. 
Okay, I just sort of part of the game. So we have this in the uh, entertainment business. It's in the political world. But the last thing the NFL needed was to have this crossover into their territory with the knuckleheads involved with the NFL network and some of the seedy details. I don't want to get into it because these are guys we know. Yeah. And, you know, we it, it's just ridiculous. But now we've gone next level. Jerry Richardson, the 81-year-old year old owner yeah. of the Panthers, uh, is now under investigation. And there is a big-time legal group investigating Jerry Richardson. And if you're one of these NFL owners, we talk about men of power and yeah. you know what comes with that power and certain liberties that you think are afforded you because you're in a position of authority I would imagine there are other NFL owners that might be very worried right now when one of their own is under a full-scale investigation. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you look at the NFL Network, and there was a number of changes that were made last year to high up executives. Yeah, and I have to imagine that this probably played, you know, this whole yeah. sexual harassment culture played well, a role. Two in of that. those guys have been na- named in this lawsuit. And th- yeah, they're both in there, and so that maybe would be the precursor to another place. If you see a lot of moving parts. You know, before anything's happening, that's probably a little smoke where well, there's also fire. Remember uh, Jimmy Horowitz, so the uh, Fox Sports one, he got canned that's for true. sexual harassment. So, yeah. I mean, this is this is an epidemic. But I mean, from the NFL standpoint, I mean, you've got the CTE situation. You know, Larry Johnson now coming out, the former Chiefs running yeah, back, talking it. about suicidal thoughts that he's been having because of what he thinks is CTE. Obviously, you have you know all these illegal hits. You've got uh, spousal abuse. You've got, I mean, it just one the thing after is, another. Yeah. I mean, the, the list is growing well, and the, growing and growing. But you got to remember, though, that's just because the game is so much in a microscope. You know, I mean, if you took it, the it NFL. Is. and well, That's you took, what happens when you're the king of the mountain. Exactly. Everybody's going to be looking at you. You're in a fishbowl. But, I mean, you look at the NFL and you take that population and, and the amount of controversial things that you're talking about relative to the overall po- population, just the ratio it's nothing in comparison just to regular life or maybe even like some other industries. You know, it's actually quite a clean atmosphere, you know, and that's why like, I, I, I've i seen some of this stuff. Like I was telling you about like when I was, I was down at NFL Network. Yeah. And I saw it where, you know, I was just in the green room with a couple of guys and in comes this really pretty, you know, uh, I think she's a wardrobe lady, and one of the guys gets up and gives her this really. Well, this woman was actually a wardrobe lady, but yeah. you're saying it's a different one. This was a different one, yeah. and uh, you know, one of the guys gets up and gives her this real intimate hug and kisses her and everything. And I'm like, oh, it must be his girlfriend. You yeah, know? And then she sure. leaves the room, and you know, he starts talking to the other guy about how hot she is and just going off and gushing about her, and and it, and it didn't seem like it was something to where they were boyfriend and girlfriend or he wanted to date her. It seemed like this kind of situation, more like a trophy. Well, you you told me like, it was trophy unbelievable. in the terms that there seemed to be competition yeah, amongst exactly. those saying, all right, who's going to be the first guy to get her? Exactly. That type of thing. And that's how yeah. these, you know, a lot of these guys are ultra competitive. Well, what is this, so. high school? I mean, yeah, I remember in high school you had the same, you know, the hottest cheerleader and which one of the guys on the football team would be the quarterback, would be the, which star would you actually get to the cheerleader first? Yeah. So I mean, that mentality apparently has never left some it just, guys. Well, I mean, I mean, you know that. I mean, it's just I, like I, I drive around town. I mean, I mean, live life, and I feel like I'm still back in high school. Right. Even though I'm 38 years old. You're you're close to what? 59, 58? I'm 59. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, it's like I have to imagine. I've interacted with people that are in sixties, and I still think that they're they're mentally oh, there's no doubt still like high schoolers. Absolutely. <laughs> so no, it's like, I mean, if anything, it probably gets worse over time exactly. because you know you talk about testosterone <laughs> and everything else, and oh, man, I can habits, still compete. You know? I I've got the experience. I, you know, yeah, the Uncle Rico but, mentality. I mean, but now we, it, what is made clear here in 2017. That you're no longer going to get away with it. Yeah, and I mean, it's over. Is it been this? Uh, the my question to you would be: Is it been that what happened in what is it? Lions with the Weinstein? What's his name? Weinstein. Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Is this and, is uh, what is it? Is this is what's emboldened everybody? It, it, absolutely. Yeah. It's it, it's the uh, the Me Too force because because uh, before this, it seemed like if a woman came out, every uh, the strategy was, was we're going to go after her credibility. Correct. We're going to undercut her to right. where her she becomes a liar, and then all of a sudden we'll get her to to concede and then we're all good it seems like the the tide has shifted to where no longer that's going to be the case well let me give you an example here mike tarico and I, i've had some interaction with mike i like mike tarico i've met him a few times seems first like time we dude, yeah. first time i met him he, he said an off-the-cuff remark i wasn't so happy about but since then i <laughs> when i see mike he couldn't Can be you nicer. repeat it on the air not really. Okay, I, I, okay. Not really. But, I mean, it, right. I mean I'll put beeper. it this way. He was trying to be funny, I think, but it, it didn't come off that way. Yeah. But since then, I had no problems. If anything, like he that. comes up to me and is very nice. But sure. anyway, and he's a big star. But here's the thing. So, NBC hired Mike Tirico. He's one of the best. He's absolutely one of the best at what he does. But years ago, 25 years ago, it was well documented, he was suspended for several months because of sexual harassment allegations. And he apologized, and when he came to NBC, you know, signed a contract last year, he insisted that's long in my past. Yeah. I, I was young. I, I was stupid. I was intoxicated. It was in the early 90s, too, right? It was in the early yeah. 90s, so. and ESPN exonerated him. And he hadn't had any incidences since then no. that we and knew he, of. So, so, But a lot of people now are of the mindset, well, that doesn't matter. I mean, the fact is he did it. You just fired Matt Lauer, and now you're going to have this guy heading up your your Olympic coverage. Doesn't anybody believe in what the, the term called repentance? Like going and doing something you know is absolutely wrong, and then having a time to show that you know what I've acknowledged that I did something wrong, and well, here's NBC how I'm going to fix backing it up by never doing it again. But you understand, there are now people going, they're looking at anybody's resume, and if something shows up on the radar that you were involved in some kind of yeah, I mean that's unfair or behavior, that's unfair. even if it was 25, 30, yeah. 40 years ago, no, it's it's totally unfair because you're not allowing somebody to to make up make amends for a mistake they made. Like what kind of world is that? Like that's sometimes just as bad as the actual terrible act of sexual harassment itself. That you're not you're unable to forgive somebody that that acknowledged, yeah, I did something wrong, and because of that, I I, I did the best I could to to make amends, me to to fix what was wrong, and then I haven't repeated that same behavior since. To me, that's like that's a that's that's actually a, a heck of a characteristic of somebody. Well, and I love, I, before we go too far, and again, let, let me make it ins, insanely clear that none of this behavior is acceptable under any terms. But this goes back again. You can go to McCarthyism, you know, where are you a member of the Communist Party? You know, this yeah. was back in the early 50s. And, you know, some of these young people, you know, years, 20 years before, you know, they were 19, 20 years old. And they sort of like the progressive ideas of whatever it was. And then years later, they're being scrutinized for something that happened 20 years before. And they got blackballed. I mean, they yeah. got absolutely blackballed. So, you know, this is it's a very fine line. Um you know, look, if you're engaged in this kind of activity to the extreme, gone. I mean, there's there's no question about that. But it, well, it you're had, gone and it looks suddenly like... the Tarico situation has yeah. come up. Yeah. And 
And, and you know, NBC's already under fire. They're like, well, you, you fired Lauer, but you hired Mike Tirico. And then they're like, no, 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 Tirico, that was 20 years. He's apologized. He got suspended. He suffered at the time. And, and, and we've moved on. I mean, he, we have nothing. Well, he hasn't we, repeated the behavior no, that we know of. No. And so to me, that means that he has made it, like he's basically acknowledged he did something wrong. Right. And corrected the behavior, which, I mean, that's the essence but of forgiveness and moving forward. But this is the fine line. This is what's happening right now. And now the NFL. I mean, what, what Jerry Richard? If Jerry Richardson, if you, what, let me find, let, if this investigation leads to actual like criminal behavior. issue. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's criminal or not, but just a pattern of behavior. What are you going to do with an owner of an NFL team? Well, they're going to find him. F- they're going to find him big time because it is bad. And well, what if the people come out and say this that's is a an great outrage question that because NFL, the NFL is somehow allowing him to continue to own a team? But think about this. There has to be – I I don't remember with the whole Ster- Donald Sterling thing if this was in the NBA, but I'm thinking in the NFL there has to be some kind of – clause as an owner yes that you can't negatively affect the brand i or would if think you so do that there are certain kind of protocols in place to either oust you if it's that severe but the decision to get to rid sell. of sterling came down to adam silver sure because remember the players are ready to walk out i mean he had a yeah. huge revolt and he put his foot down well, and said no 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 you're out well i'm gonna tell you this though and you gotta remember everything in the nfl with the owners it's a democracy it's like yeah. a majority not a, it's not the majority a lot of times but like, it is what, the old boys clubs right yeah yeah but still though you, you trust me with their kind of perception of the, the the game is starting to take a, this downswing of viewers. Oof. It's got the old CTE thing, you know, all these kind of things surrounding it. There's no way they're going to want to try to protect a guy that some end up, and this is a legit kind of investigation. Oh, big time this investigation. This isn't a Roger Goodell, I'm going to go hire my buddy who's in our department. No, no, to do no. It. This is no, an independent we're, uh, group. We're going to independent firm that they are literally, honestly searching for something. Right. And if they come to find out that there was something that's going to take a harsh consequence, you better believe that the NFL owners will act. Wow. And they will I'm act harshly. And so, it could, I mean, it could be crazy, uh, but we'll see. All right, so uh, just one more thing to add to the uh, pile of other yeah, uh, yeah. dilemmas facing the National Football League. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let's check in uh, with David right now. Give Man. us the latest on a uh, tightening bowl game. I know that uh, – is that the Eagles? It looks like a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. What, for North that, Texas? Uh, North Texas is where I think they're the armadillos. Are they? Aren't, what are they? <laughs> I don't know. Are North Texas. <laughs> Would you know, David? They're the mean green. The mean green. <laughs> the oh, mean there you go. See, Wait, look at those uniforms. That does that look like the Eagles? <laughs> it looks exactly like the Eagles. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> okay. It certainly does. Yeah. I'm going to change up this conversation with what's going on right now in the field to play. Trojans are back at it quickly. Snap, Silvers, throws to the far sideline. Square out. Catch made! Touchdown, men of Troy. Touchdown, Damian Willis. Wow. Troy leads right now. It's late in the first half, 22-13. Meanwhile, in college basketball, we had a little bit of an upset. Inbound to Freeman, who will dribble it out. And for the first time since January 11, 2015, Rutgers with a win over a ranked team. The students will storm the court. Your final score from the rack. Rutgers 71, Seton Hall 65. Moving up to the NBA, Jazz big man Rudy Gobert is out a month with a PCL sprain in the National Football League. Tevin Coleman is out for Monday Night Football because of a concussion. Seahawks have announced Bobby Wagner's a game-time decision against the Rams this weekend. 
And one note in Major League Baseball, Yankees have agreed to terms on a one-year deal with CC Sabathia worth $10 million. He's the ripe old age of 37. Fellas? Not bad. Not bad for him. All right. Very good, David. Thanks so much. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance at Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. By the way, uh, just related to the Jerry Richardson situation, the investigation has been launched by the Panthers organization. Yeah. The league itself has no comment, and I'm reading Mike Florio here on Pro Football Talk. He said it's unclear why the team and not the league is handling the investigation. The conduct at issue arguably falls within the scope of the personal contact policy, which would give the league jurisdiction over the situation. No and you specifics don't want to do have that. been given. That's pretty dumb because the league is Jerry Richardson. He's part of the league. So you're basically saying he himself is going to oversee the investigation. So that's why the fact that they went out, like it's smart. Like how this all went down, I don't know if Jerry Richardson's the one that is uh, making the decisions, but for them to do that themselves, that's, that shows a lot of transparency than just saying, okay, we're going to follow protocol because the protocol right there, if that's the case, that's 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 messed up. Because, again, it's like the old uh, Roger Goodell, I'm going to hire my own people to do our own inside investigation so that they can give us the kind of conclusions that we all want. So, By the way, did you hear the big news? XFL back. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it seems to be I, – I, it almost made me want to try out. All right, so here's the deal. So Vince McMahon, as you remember, the ill-fated launch of the XFL – uh, back in 2001, when NBC went all in, yeah, Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon had a vision, and it worked for one game. One game, they got monster ratings, and NBC had given them prime time throughout the season, when and was it turned this out again? to be a deb- – this 2001. I know. Was it the fall or the spring? Was, I forget. It was in the spring. It was off-season, oh, okay. but they had given them a prime time time slot weekly. Wow. And week one, it, the ratings were off the charts, and it was I like, watched, oh, this yeah. And then it, and it went right in the – The problem was it was too gimmicky. All like, right. They could have they used some though. input to make it legit. All right. Let me ask you this. All right. Part of what the XFL was trying to do back in 2001 – 2001 was the fact that the game had gotten soft. You know, we're going to give you a more harder brand of yeah. football. Now, the way they marketed it and everything else, they probably took it to extremes that didn't work. Uh, you know, maybe it, it just became too comical on what they were trying to do to present yeah. the product. You guys remember the but scramble, they, how they decided to get who got the ball first? Exactly. That yeah. was fun. That yeah. was cool. So okay. the, well, the, one of the first guys blew his shoulder out. That right, sort of exactly. put a damper on that one. But here's what they're saying. <laughs> but is, it was cool. Good but concept. now they're arguing the time might be better for the XFL now than it was before. Because back in uh, November 2016, Sports Illustrated did an article regarding the current state of American football. And there was a distinct impression that fans that they wanted old school football, big hits, none of those obsessions over safety. So let me ask you this. If the XFL came out and said, we're not worried about any of that other crap. It's going to be a free-for-all. You want to hit to the head. You want to do all these things. It's fair game. Is this a better brand of football? Is it a more marketable brand of football now than it would have been 16 years ago? Because of what the NFL has it's, done it's not to try that. to set up rules about safety for the players. Um, it's To me, the success of the league is not about that. I mean, in those big hits, by the way, what, are you going to get one a game? 
You know, what I mean? it's it's just not like all of a sudden every play you're gonna get these big monster highlight really yeah. like they're trying to sell it. The game isn't that much safer today than it's been ever. I'm just like it makes me laugh. It's it's this has been a whole kind of like we're just gonna lay this layer of perception around everybody just to sort of think make them think one thing when it's not. Still a dangerous game. To me, the XFL, the way that you have to make it viable right now let's let's you say gotta this. talk to you people first you can't you can't just sit down and be like okay i'm gonna go to my crazy so friends. vince mcmahon calls you and call said, me oh call you all right so first we, thing i'm doing is i didn't work in 2001 well, they have to work this time well i would say this you can't pretend that you're gonna take over the nfl that's the first thing no, i don't know what did a different game oh yeah but no they kept saying that and the xfl would take the original off. idea you won't see this in the nfl you won't see that in the nfl i was like who cares we're not watching this because we're trying to replace the nfl we're watching this because there's no football being played in the spring like you'd mentioned. All right. So that's the first step. Don't try to like say this is going to replace NFL. Second thing is is you got to eliminate kickoffs. You got to eliminate extra points. I almost say eliminate the uh, the kicking game altogether although I do believe there needs to be a punt. You got to start to do stuff that a lot of people want to see already done that in the NFL they're too tradition based to do cuz that's going to do two things. First, it's going to create kind of this fascination like what what wonder what that looks like. So yeah. We're not going to kick off. We're going to punt, or a team can. What if you eliminate punting and you have to go for it every time, four downs? That could be cool, too. I mean, there's all these cool kind of little things that you could toy around with that can can make it way funner than the NFL. What if you made a fifth down? If I don't you like eliminate... that. I, I think that's all right, a well, crazy. Let's say, let's say, well, this eliminate all kicking. Yeah, I would and like. And you have to go for it on fourth down or look, turn over the ball. I think that would be great. That would be way more exciting. Yeah. Because the, the, the problem is, is TV doesn't do it enough justice. You know, with the kickoffs. Kickoff, yeah. and, and plus, by the way, kickoffs is the most dangerous. That and oh, punt yeah. sure. are the most dangerous plays in the game. By far. And so if you could, and so my point is, is if you want to so if you want to go to a real aggressive head to head, you know, helmet to helmet hits and all that kind of stuff, just kind of balance that out by taking away kickoff. You know, but then do other fun stuff. What, like, what about the quarterbacks? Are you protecting the quarterbacks like the you NFL? You got to. You got to. Not to that degree. Like, it's got to be. By the way, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, my prediction right now, if this does launch and they're talking about a 2018 launch, league MVP Johnny Manziel. There he is, Ooh, Johnny Football. There you go. There you go. I, I like mean, that's that. a marketable guy, right? Oh, what yeah. A comeback story. You know, does he still have anything? More wide open oh, yeah. brand of football. Well, that's the thing, too, is you got, well, you got to make the rules to that way, too. Like, if you think that you're going to have a game – that's going to be a condensed formation. Everybody's running the ball game. Right. Then you're going to have a boring game. Okay, so you got to keep the rules. No very running much backs. Well, no, you keep keep the running backs, but <laughs> make it to where, just like in the NFL, you're emphasizing the five five yard rule to where you can't touch a receiver past the five yard. That's going to keep it exciting. It's going to make it to where space is still something that uh, a team wants to avoid. But I, I I would submit eliminate all kicks. Uh, uh, you know, just just start off like I like Greg Shadow gave one of the best suggestions to 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 initiate the transferring of the 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 possession. You know, after score or whatever, either give the give an offense or whoever has the ball that just scored. You give them either one play at the thirty yard line, ten yards. They get the first down. It's like an onside kick. You know, they can re- retain possession or they can punt it, and you can punt it down and away you go. I know you you watched that XFL special that they did. Yeah, and. It was interesting that last face-to-face they had with Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon, and neither one would in any way say we did the wrong thing. We we did something right. Maybe the timing was wrong, but I think Vince McMahon looked back on that and said, you know what, 
let's let's give this another shot. Yeah, now they're, he should. They're talking that they uh, could make an announcement as soon as uh, the end of January. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of guys. Of XFL. And there's going to be a lot of guys because I I played the guy by the name of Paris Lennon. Yeah. Who ended up playing the NFL 12, 14 years? I don't remember, but he played in the in XFL X- and- at a time to where he was washed out of the NFL. Right. If it wasn't for his one little, and then yeah, and he told me like, because he was really a smart guy. He's like football smart guy. Outside of sports, yeah, he was smart too. There. Okay, all, all around smart guy. But he told me a football that he uh, learned more in his time in the XFL than he had ever learned in any training camp or anything like that. So. The NFL, I would imagine, would want to support it, too, as a developmental league. Well, uh, and remember this, Tommy Maddox, uh, who right. was the league MVP that year, revised his memory, went That's to the correct. Steelers yeah. after that, and actually had revival for the guy. revived his career, <laughs> yeah. at least temporarily, because of what he did in the XFL. Yeah, I love it. I, I honestly did. My my kind of mind was like, ooh, I wouldn't mind trying out for that. But then I was like, ooh, I don't I don't want to put my body through that kind of <laughs> grinder again. But, uh, but, but man, yeah. what a well, fantastic opportunity. to get back on the you always You're do. You're still a young guy. You're in your oh, yeah. 30s. You always I mean, do, but on. then I think about like what I'm doing now, and I'm yeah. like, I like what I'm doing now more than going out there and having to How put up How excited would your kids be to see out there play? They always ask me. Yeah, like the, like especially my little girls, yeah. four, six-year-old that have yeah. never – well, my little – they don't remember watching me play. My right. older ones watch, remember watching me play. Yeah. But uh, they always say, Dad, are you playing? Are you playing in this game? Yeah. Like, well, I'm watching the game. You know, I'm sure. like, I'm here right now, so that's technically <laughs> impossible. But I could be. You know, but the, but yeah, I, yeah. I think they would love to see me play. Can you imagine you just just running out one more time oh. in uniform? I just I imagine just the contact. Yeah, that would be fun to stick a guy in the face, to go run around <laughs> recklessly, <laughs> and then my knee swells up, and all of a sudden, I whatever crazy thing. Oh, man. All right, that's what I start thinking about. Like it's fun all the the pauses, but then like all those. You know how many how much time I spent in the in the in the physical therapy room? Yeah, I spent two. ACL tenor. So that's eighteen. Yeah. That's a year and a half. Plus, you know, some other surgeries. I've spent like two okay. years. Just just remember so this. Like throughout your it. NFL career and your entire playing career, remember Monday morning after a game. Yeah, I don't I, I was good. Good. You didn't feel sore. Anything. I mean, I felt sore, but it wasn't yeah. like I dreaded it. Yeah. The thing that I hated was the rehab of like those serious injuries. Right. That's why like, when I go to the beach and I boogie board, mm-hmm. you know, the surfers would be like, hey, man, why don't you surfboard? I go, it's because <laughs> I don't want to spend any more time if I can avoid it in a training room. Right. Because it's, you know, you're standing up on you know a board. What you, can you, can break your neck. you know what you can handle. Yeah, right? You know what you can handle. Yeah. You just know that you don't. You, you, you got to understand your physical limitations. Well, you don't want to, you know, take on certain risks because of the, right. the potential. I've heard about this, like, for guys my age, you know, you get to the gym, you want to have a good workout and yeah. everything else. They said, look, you can work out with weights, but you're, you're not putting on muscle mass in your late 50s. What you want to do is tone and maintain what you got. Yeah. Just you, do, the, you do smaller weights, active, yeah. you know, re, you know. Yeah, just you, you, you know, just you know, understand where you are. You're not yeah. 25. You know, yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, because you could end up hurting yourself. Exactly. Then you're no tearing fun. muscles, and you don't want to do that. Exactly. All right. uh, we're in the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. All right, we got a huge game coming up tonight. Chargers, Chiefs. Why is it that nobody thinks the Chiefs have a chance at home against a team they've beaten seven straight times? We'll try to explain coming up next. Hey, love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com and clicking on the red kettle icon to donate or call 833-SAL-JOIN. That's 833-SAL-JOIN. I want to read some uh, read a quarterback stat line, all right, for all you. All right, all right. 
All right, so this quarterback right now is second uh, in the NFL in passer rating behind Tom Brady. He has a 104.4 passer rating. Okay. He has completed 67.2% of his passes, 23 touchdowns, five interceptions, averages over eight yards an attempt. Uh Uh-huh. And he's one of the two quarterbacks in tomorrow's Kansas City Chargers game. Mm. That is the stat line of Alex Smith. Nice, yeah. Alex Smith versus Phillip Rivers, who's suddenly in the MVP conversation. Yeah. So Smith is second in the league in passer rating. And Phillip Rivers is 10th. They have the same number of touchdown passes. Alex Smith has a higher completion percentage. Basically, they have the same yards, attempts, everything else. Uh-huh. Um, he has more yards per attempt, fewer interceptions. And the way you hear it, Alex Smith needs to be benched. And Phillip Rivers is an MVP candidate. So what am I missing here going into this game? Why is Alex Smith and his season higher passer rating than Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and Phillip Rivers – being touted as a guy who needs to hit the bench, and Phillip Rivers is suddenly an MVP candidate. Please he's not getting the job done. He's, he's not, not winning, getting the job done. He's not winning games. He's got stats that aren't leading to the very outcome of why you play. Which so it has nothing win. to do with the Chiefs' defense, which has been completely subpar. Their secondary is broken down completely well, since I the would, injury to Eric Berry. I would say this. I mean, you, you dismiss the Packers' defense as a problem for Green Bay. Yeah. And that it shouldn't be counted against Aaron Rodgers that their defense can't stand him, stop anybody. But well, here, he's good enough Alex Smith that. is accountable for everything. He, he, no, I never said that. And uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is that Aaron's good enough to overcome the defense. Alex is not, and the reason is his team doesn't believe in him. Really? Okay. His team doesn't. He doesn't raise the level of play guys around him, and that's one thing stats don't. Equate to. Mm. Nobody knows your influence, your leadership value. That's why guys like Sam Darnold, you go and you look at his stat line, it's dirty, ugly. And then you look at what they do on the field, and it's like, wow, he's pretty good. Man, he, he finds ways to win. Why? Why is that? Because the influence always isn't reflected in the stat sheet. And that's the case with Alex Smith. And, and the, the problem with the Chiefs right now is it's a team problem. I, I, I believe Alex is playing fine. By I the way, Alex the Smith's record the as a starting quarterback of the Chiefs is 48-26. and 26. Yeah, okay, that's good. But, I mean, to me, the re- I, I'm one of those guys that would want to send Alex Smith to the bench for one reason. Mm. The team needs to be shocked, woken up. There's no other way to really do it than to send a guy to the bench. And, you know, and, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, he did that in 2012 with uh, Kaepernick, with, with Alex Smith. But well, you could also say good. Buffalo did that with Tyrod Taylor, and, and they've won two games since. Yeah, and it sort of worked reverse, you know, in the sense that it, like, yeah, well, you know, I guess. No, what I mean, yeah. they benched him against the Chargers, got blown out. No, you thought, right. well, they gave up this, they won back back games since. Exactly, exactly. I mean, with Tyrod Taylor back. But there's something to that. And it has nothing to do with whose fault it is. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because everybody wants to conclude that. Well, if you're putting him on the bench and you're saying it's his fault, no. You need something that's going to wake everybody up. And to me, that's the way you do it. You put your young buck in there. You let him go out there and sling it all over the field. I know he's going to make mistakes. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is that everybody wakes up and thinks, wow, if they're going to bench Alex Smith, heck, they may bench me or they may bench the other guy. We better play better. And everybody ends up playing better because Alex lately hasn't played good enough to win. That's been the bottom line. Well, they played well enough to win last week uh, against the Raiders, Raiders, obviously. I don't know how good – I mean – they're bad. 
Well, how are they so bad? Here's the uh, one thing. I mean, defensively, they're just terrible. I mean, they. Are, I don't know what the deal is. You think Jack Del Rio? You got players there. Khalil Max a stud. They got guys. And Navarro Bowman, I thought was an excellent addition. They just, they're defensively have been underachieving tremendously lately. Here, here's the here's the the one thing I think will be the key for Kansas City's chances tonight. And that is the running game. Obviously, here, here's the thing. People keep talking about the Chargers' run defense has improved, but that's not really true because they've been getting off to big leads and teams are abandoning exactly. the running game Which and they're is, just throwing the ball That line. plays right into their hands, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. The Chiefs, Kareem Hunt, got over 100 yards against the Raiders, seems to be back on track. He ran for 170 against the Chargers the last time they faced him. If they get that back, then Alex Smith becomes less of a factor and gives the Chiefs a better chance. No question. All right. So there you go. Are there you picking the Chiefs in there? Save that. Okay. Save that. Right. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, did we mention the Ball Brothers? Oh, it's not just any Saturday. The kickoff of the bowl season. And, yes, we got NFL football on this Saturday. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We mentioned uh, bowl games underway. Many more to come later on in the day. Coming up in about an hour and a half kickoff of the Bears-Lions game. Lions very much still alive in the playoff picture right now. And then, of course, tonight it is the showdown for supremacy in the AFC West as the Chargers travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. All right, so we'll get to more of that. I do want to get to the uh, the Ball Brothers situation because I know how close you are to LeVar Ball. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> so so he is he has oh, gone he's actually taking someone by advice as a matter of fact really and how's that yeah i told him that he's got to just get away he's got to leave he's got to let his boy especially lonzo yeah develop naturally in the i mean the, the kind well, of well, he, well, 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 right what now do you mean is, away like i'm talking so like, the NBA, so a, the lakers sat down with lavar and said we you need to slow down on all this public criticism yeah and then he heads off to luke walton and then good. and then he then the the first his response to that whole meeting was uh no one's going to tell me what to say so that wasn't exactly like i'm on board with you well, that's what he says uh, but what he's doing is he's leaving to lithuania he's going to be in lithuania a lot now well he's going to have to be because i mean kids. he has a 16 year old son that is a he pulled out of high school <laughs> he's a junior in high school. He's 16 years old. And him and his knucklehead uh, thief brother, the 19-year-old, are now going to be playing in Lithuania. Let me let me explain how it works in Lithuania as yeah, far yeah. as basketball is concerned. Okay. okay. First of all, it's a basketball-crazy country, Lithuania. Yeah. And if you're not sure where Lithuania is, Lithuania is like east of Poland. It's sort of in that so old Soviet bloc yeah, area. Yeah, I got some Lithuanian running through my blood right now. Right. Yeah. So you do. You have a little Lithuanian Yeah, my blood. grandma's Lithuanian. You, you know, Lithuania used to be a huge country. Really? Years, under a century, it was a huge country, and then it got gobbled up on both sides. By who? Well, like on one side, it got it got swallowed up by uh, European countries, and then oh, okay. on the other side, it was uh, Russia. The Soviet, Russia, yeah. Russia and the Soviet Union. All right. All right. Anyway, so Lithuania though is a basketball crazy country, but let, let's let's talk about how this dynamic is going to work for a 16 year old and a 19 year old. All right, all right. So they're going to be playing. Uh, they're going to be staying in some luxury hotel. By the way, that's luxury hotel by Lithuanian <laughs> terms, this not by American terms. Okay, they're going to be playing in a league, and apparently they're going to be starting in games? January. Could you imagine the road games? Oh my gosh, 16 year old kid. Okay, what's he going to uh, do? This is a team 
that has a coach that speaks no English. They have an interpreter, In fact, a former American player who played for this specific coach for another team in Europe was told when he joined that team, don't expect to play much because he can't actually talk to you. So he's going to have these two kids. These are men. See, in Europe, they play a different brand. They play a much more physical brand of basketball. And they're not going to take mercy that on some 16-year-old kid. That doesn't fit Lamelo at all. The kid is a little frail kind of feather. Exactly. He's like He's this little feather-haired 16-year-old Oh my goodness! playing against men. Can you imagine him going up for a layup? They're going to clobber him to the clobber ground. Clobber him. Slam him to the ground and intimidate him. And they're, they're, he's going to be homesick. You've got a target oh. on your back to begin with because you're going to get all this notoriety with Terrible the Ball Brothers. Decision. Absolutely terrible. And so you are subjecting these two boys, boys, in a men's game where they play a men's game in Europe. So Lavar's here's Lavar's strategy in this, apparently. Lavar Ball is under the mindset that the NBA has completely changed, that the only thing that matters is three-point shooting, which in itself is ironic because his oldest son, who's playing in the NBA, has the <laughs> lowest three-point shooting percentage of any player in the league. But he makes he up is the yeah, worst three-point so percentage yeah. shooter, and he's and he's like one of the best facilitators. Right, he's doing he's other things out there, but he is the worst. <laughs> technically, he is the worst lowest field so goal confused. percentage three-point I mean, this, shooter. This, this, this so is... he's hoping that this league, where they do play a pretty wide-open style of three-point shooting, that these two boys are going to be making as many three-point shots where the NBA is like, well, we got to get these guys in here. Yeah, that'll never happen unless so they have some balance strategy. to their game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I mean it, it's the end for them. I agree. LaMelo's done. He will break. He will miss his hometown. He will be homesick. He will be mistreated by his team. He'll have no friends on the team. By the way, you realize and he's mom, leave. his mom is still recovering from a stroke. Jeez. You are separating your 16-year-old son from Another his part of the mother. World. This isn't like who, this, right. this isn't mean, like you know you're five yard five hours down the road. Or I whatever. actually this heard is... this. How do you get to Lithuania? I actually had a travel agent. It takes six connections. Really, there's no just direct and then then a bus ride on top of that oh to get to Lithuania. Goodness. Oh my goodness. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I mean, he is literally single-handedly destroying the career of his kids. And he knew that he was doing that with his son, Lonzo. Yeah. And that's why, and the the crazy part about that, that is why he did this. He did this to leave. But he knew he couldn't just leave quietly and get out. He also had to leave and and at the same time try to still build the careers of his other two sons. Well, has he given up on the idea that the big baller brand has any real value in America? It's it's not in America. But he could sell it overseas and still make a buck? Well, what he's realizing is that in America, we look at it as a joke. Right. It's not a legit brand, but he doesn't feel like that's the case overseas. Well, that's his whole marketing strategy. Exactly. So he's going Kris Jenner and he's going to, you know, basically... And he looks at, you know, I, I can still remember the conversation I had with Bruce Jenner the day that he launched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. When I was doing the show with Pat, it was a dear friend of Bruce, and yeah. I interviewed Bruce many times. And basically, they were broke. And they, were, de- and they were desperate. They had, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Kim had done that, that sex tape had come out. So there was a little notoriety with her friendship with Paris Hilton at the time. 
the Osborne show had been a success. So they were like, well, maybe we could work this. And I remember I said, well, how's this going to work? I mean, they're going to have cameras around you. I mean, you know, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really? Is this what you want? Ah, he goes, I ah, look, whatever they want to do, we'll try it out. Whatever. <laughs> from, that, a, from that, they have parlayed it into a $400 million empire. So apparently LeVar Ball is looking at the Kardashian formula for success. Hell yeah. Exploit your children for financial yep. gain. And we're all going to benefit. In other words, we'll all be rich. Yeah. We'll all be rich. But I'm going mean, to take away your childhood. We're going to take away any kind well, you of like sell your fun and enjoyment. Devil. Yeah, you, you literally do. Because yeah. it's like you're telling your son we're going to take away all the fun and enjoyment that comes from right. playing high school basketball, which there's a tremendous amount of it. And we're just going to go pure pro. And we're going to go pro, pure pro in a foreign country you're going to be riding these, like, broken-down buses all over the country, sleeping in roach motels. Buy your, I mean, think about that. A road, road schedules for professional basketball are treacherous. You're not even home. Like, you mentioned they're staying in a luxurious hotel. That's, that's just if they're home. Wait till they're on the road for two weeks. Now, and they're just in and out of hotels, and they're, they have nobody to hang out with. I mean, it's just terrible. All right. I'm not, obviously, terrible. a big rap guy. I don't know. But Nas is a, a big rap guy, right? New York rapper. It's Nas. Okay. Oh, so okay. did you hear about this whole dynamic with Lonzo Ball and Nas? No. What's going on? All right. So when they played the Knicks, and Lonzo played pretty well that day against uh-huh. the Knicks, right? Yeah. After the game, Lonzo is sporting a hoodie with a photo of himself on the front of his. Okay. But it wasn't that. just a picture of himself. It was a picture from a Nas album cover where they took his photo off and put Lonzo on it. Now, let me take this a step further. Okay. <laughs> so Lonzo Ball, during his show, Ball and the Family, said this. Don't nobody listen to Nas no more. Now, how many different negatives is that? <laughs> Don't nobody listen to Nas no Why more. Why do they speak English? It's not English. It's another well, this language. Is, I mean, I know. Don't nobody listen to Nas no more. And then basically he said he's what listens to what? Common? Is that right? I don't know the names. I don't know. The names. Anyway, so the, so now he's taking on New York rapper. In other words, the whole idea, and if you go back to the whole thing that made the Kardashians, I can remember it's like the fifth or sixth episode of the. I'm watching this show because of, of Bruce, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to check this thing out, see how this is thing going. And it was like the sixth episode, and Chloe, the you know the daughter is yeah. in there, and she was referring to Bruce as her bitch. <laughs> and I'm watching this like, what is this? What the hell? It's raunchy, yeah. And so the next time I brought Bruce on, I go, "What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, you're letting this stepdaughter of you." disparage you on national TV. And he's like, ah, whatever, you know. It's you know, we're, get, we're getting money and everything else. <laughs> so now we're getting ratings. So so the ball family's decided we need to Same we need thing. to we need to, you know, get the brand out there. Yeah. Great so you get Lonzo Ball ripping. Oh, future it is. So basically future is who he says is the, the presence, right? What was interesting is the manager of Nas is also the manager of future. <laughs> and he said Uh-oh. So his comment was, Nas has no idea who you are, but Future thanks you for the compliment. <laughs> that was perfect. That's a good right? way to do it. The yeah. manager says, Nas Sir, has no sides. idea who you are, yeah. but Future says thanks for the compliment. But this is this is giving you a sense 
of what the Bulls idea is, strategy. is to be raunchy, become the Kardashians yeah. and make a hundred million dollar empire. Yeah. Well, without actually being it. And remember, they're going to make it. They're going to make the money, but they're going to be miserable doing it. But remember the whole idea of the Kardashians. You have the, this family has no talent, none, zero, making $400 million. From a basketball standpoint, it could also be that these two young guys have no bat. Well, certainly the middle one doesn't have NBA talent. He doesn't even have a major college talent. Yeah, and the, the mellow, who knows? He's too young. He's only 16. 16. You know I mean? He can still grow five inches and, you know, do some. I mean, I don't know. But I, I mean, to me, the. The thing that's going to spoil it is he's not going to have fun. I mean, there's no, I can't, there's no way. I, I can't even imagine like a guy like Kobe or LeBron going to flip in Lithuania at 16 and having fun. And those guys were like the biggest basketball junkies known to man. You can take a kid like Lamella who looks like a goof off to Lithuania. He's, I, I, I don't see it. All right. His, his, his development as a player is going to take a huge step back. All right. We have a major story that has come down. About the Dodgers from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is a major story we're going to share coming up next. It's Christmas for the Dodgers right now. We'll explain it in a second. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Matt Kemp is back with the Dodgers. Him and his bad hips and all, huh? Matt Kemp is back with the Dodgers in a blockbuster trade. The Dodgers have traded Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon McCarthy, Scott Kazmir, and Charlie Culberson to the Braves for Matt Kemp. Now, what makes this unbelievable is the contracts the Dodgers were able to dump of guys that had no future with the team. Gonzalez. Casimir and McCarthy all have guaranteed deals in 2018 with expiring contracts. The combined value of those contracts is more than $50 million. Now, the Dodgers are taking on a Kemp contract that's going to pay him almost $22 million a year for the next two seasons. Hmm. Uh, this is an unbelievable trade. How does it impact the Dodgers? Do they get another bat in the lineup? Well, is what happens is it means that they're freeing up money. Okay. See, what, here, here, it's been interesting with the Dodgers. You know, there were a lot of Dodger fans upset that they didn't really go after Stanton. Now, Stanton's deal that the Yankees take on yeah. is a 10-year guaranteed $290 million. Hmm. And it starts next year. Whoa. So, a lot of Dodger fans are like, well, what's that? You got nothing. You got the Spectrum deal where no one's even watching the games. That's true. And it's all guaranteed money. So you got money to burn. The Dodgers had the highest payroll in baseball. But the Dodgers are like, mm, no, no. Not only are we not going to go after that huge deal, <laughs> we're going to dump as many salaries as you possibly can. Now, some Dodger fans are a little upset about this because their attitude is, if you got all this money, use it. Spend it. <laughs> But the Dodgers are trying to take a more financially responsible stance on their contracts and still trying to win on top of that. See, when you lose Game 7 of the World Series. Especially the way they lost At home. Yeah. See, a lot. I'm actually reading somewhere saying, well, the Dodgers, because they made it to the World Series, they get sort of a pass. (laughs) You know? If you won the World Series, you might get a pass. It's true. For a year or two, maybe. 
But when you're losing game seven at home, not only are you not getting a pass, the question is, what are you doing now to make sure it doesn't happen two years in a row? Yeah. All they this guarantee. They should have signed John Carlos Stanton. They should have gotten Stanton, yeah. right? Or at least made a run at him. They didn't do that. By the way, Derek Jeter has become the most hated oh, man yeah, they, in the state of they, Florida. They, they're, they're calling him a uh, he's, he's doing a garage sale. Basically just selling right. off everybody. Scott Boris called it a pawn shop. There you go, the pawn yeah, shop. Yeah. yeah, they got rid of Osuna, a 27-year-old, who yeah. hasn't even – he's still two years away from his big money. Yeah. And he had 37 homers, 124 runs batted in, and they're dumping him knowing that they would have to pay him down the road. Yeah. Just... And everyone's like, wait a second. We thought Derek Jeter is about winning, right? Yankees and everything else. He's like, but you got to build it down winning. to the, the studs to get it back up to where you want it to be. Sometimes you got to like make these tough decisions, especially early on. I mean, the same thing happened with Ted Thompson, too. Ted was, I mean, they people couldn't stand Ted. His first year, the Green Bay Packers, he fires Mike Sherman. Like, he, he they, I remember them getting him on TV. And Ted's not a guy who's a real kind of outgoing, personable guy. <laughs> and they get him on TV, and they're they're going through all the candidates. Like, at the time, that's when they had Sean Payton, yes. Brad Childress, were mm-hmm. like the big names, if you remember back then. And he, I mean, they would ask him a question. So, like, what do you think about Brad Childress as a, as a football coach? And he'd look at him and it's kind of like awkward look and say, uh, he's, uh, he's a good coach. <laughs> and he'd just sit there right. and, and it would be like just deaf, deafening silence that was mm. so awkward. And everybody's yeah. like, get him out of there. This guy's terrible. And then he goes and hires Mike McCarthy, which no nobody had heard of Mike McCarthy. Right. You know, everybody's like, who's this guy? Whoa, whoa. And he comes from the 49ers. You know, and they're like, well, hey, at least the the positive is is Mike Mike Holmgren came from the 49ers as an offensive coordinator. But it's like, well, the difference was is uh Mike Holmgren's teams of the offensive coordinator of the offensive coordinator of the, the Niners are like legendary, whereas McCarthy was coming from a losing situation. Point is, is they wanted a McCarthy. I mean, it's the same thing. They wanted Ted out of there. And then lo and behold, you know, now they love him because he, he created a a, con- a contender year in and year out. And so I mean, you gotta do stuff that's difficult right. and I'll- at times unpopular. But you got to believe in your processes and in your system that you're going to now implement. I I know this will never happen, but I'm going to give you a big one. Never say never. Well, this will never happen. Let's say the NFL adopted baseballs. What financial no, no, situation? No salary cap. No salary cap. You're right. It will uh, never happen. <laughs> It'll never happen. But anyway, yeah, no salary cap. Uh, okay. no equal distribution of money. Uh-huh. It's it's open season. You could have a team with a oh, wow. $300 million dollar payroll, and you have another one the bills are gone. with a $30 million dollar payroll. The bills uh, are gone. All money guaranteed. Jacksonville would be all gone. All money guaranteed. Yeah. And the NFL would not be nearly, like, it would be, it'd be a tough game. But all, but all contracts are guaranteed. It'd be a tough game to watch. Because a lot of these guys that are big name guys, yeah, getting their, their so like, you had like this where, where you have deals. like you have like these three guys who don't even play that are going to collect fifty million dollars, yeah, guaranteed. Well, th- that, that's not the issue. The issue is is the incentive to have to play through discomfort, right? Is gone, gone. You just say, hey, you guys owe me that money anyway, man. Well, we've seen that from down. a few NFL players that gotten big contracts. Hey, uh, Albert Haynesworth was the best example. Sure. I mean, he didn't get a guar- fully guaranteed, but to get fifty cool. million guaranteed shows you well, that he got the signing bonus. That's money in the bank. It's, uh, yeah, that's all he needed. So yeah, I mean, it, but if you had that throughout the league, it would not be the same. Because the biggest one of the biggest draws of the NFL is every week, every player. Yeah. Even the like top dog players. They're playing for their football lives. Okay, so let's say you don't get the guaranteed contracts, but you have no salary cap, 
You have no equal distribution of television. It's a free-for-all. Everybody's on their own. Well, in baseball, they get equal distribution of television. No, they don't. No, they don't. Oh, not even close. Oh, what you're telling me is it's... No, you, that's why the Yankees have the Yes Network, the Dodgers have oh. Spectrum. That's where all their money's coming from, from their own individual. Baseball, what about with ESPN and those other big ones? They they get they, should, they probably divide that up, right, because it's national. I get what you're saying. But oh that, that's goodness. not where the real money comes. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's your I own individual television that. deals. Yeah, the the Yankees the don't money. share any of their Yes Network money with anybody. Yeah, that makes I sense. I mean, they were after that. I mean, for yeah. years they would sit there with Steinbrenner and say, hey, how about sharing some of the money? He's like, screw you. <laughs> Same thing with the Dodgers and the Spectrum deal. That's their money. You know to share a penny of it. You know what? The one thing that I thought of when you were talking about, and it sort of fits into this, what if a sport like the NFL decided to, instead of selling their rights, right? Because they already have a, you know their own station. What if they created their own platform to distribute the games themselves? They don't have to hire out a, a, a channel to do it. They just hire their talent, right? They'd have their talent go to the game, and then they transmit all the games. You, get, you know, you got to pay a subscription or. Some fee, it's streamed. Well, we were talking about this earlier, I mean, this whole idea of, of streaming games and Disney buying out these but, uh, regional networks. But why wouldn't networks? the NFL just do that? Like, why wouldn't they just say, hey, we're instead of like going through Netflix or this, that, and the other, we're going to create the NFL streaming channel? Well, I don't know, because if you were to say where we are now 20 years ago, there was no way in 1997 you could have predicted what would be going on in 2017. Blockbuster didn't. Remember what happened with Blockbuster? Oh, sure, yeah. Netflix was the, that was the first people they went to pitch their idea to, and it wasn't even streaming. It was just the the mailing yeah, thing. Right. Blockbuster laughed in their face, and then five years later was closing all their stores because of Netflix. But uh, yeah, you know. So I'm I mean, you. I've been trying to predict but, twenty years from now how, it would be impossible. But think about how sweet that is, though. If you're the NFL, I don't know why they don't do it. Because they control everything. You don't have to deal with the networks. You don't have to deal with their demands. You control all the revenues. The only problem is, do you have that expertise to go out and sell airtime and to be able to divide it up? And well, have I don't it- know, but I mean, but what you're talking about is was makes sense now, but is it going to make sense 10, 15 years down the road? Well, it depends on if they're able to monetize it to the same level they are now. But basically, because they're outsourcing their transmission of their gains to these stations, which they're basically saying is we don't have the expertise or don't want to pay for the internal expertise of doing what they already do. So we're going to pay them the rights to, to, to use their infrastructure and platform. To me, it used to make sense because they controlled the only way to get the content, which is you had to have some channel right. that tr- was transmitted through satellites or antennas or whatever. Now you don't, you have the internet. It's an open source. You just need your own way of mm. You know, your own content, NFL has Is the internet content. even going to be uh, viable in 20 years? Oh, it's going to be something else. It's going to be like... Uh, it is. I mean, It's yeah, going to be like some mystical What we energy. now know is the internet. <laughs> something else is going to be driving information I mean, back 20 years forth. ago, we barely, in this very <laughs> infancy well, of 20, it... Yeah, you know, you're right. No, 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 because I bought, I bought my first computer. I was exposed to the internet. And it probably didn't even have the internet, right? was with my wife's company at the time. This is going back to 1995. All right, 1995, okay. early 96 was the first time I ever actually saw WWW anything. And <laughs> I'm like, well, how do I get access to this thing? Well, you have to buy a computer. <laughs> that computer, which was the big monitor, big oh, box, yeah. Oh, yeah. $6,000. Six grand. Huh? Six grand, but it was, was it you could end? write it off. That was the thing. But oh, okay. it would cost me $6,000 with the old. That's unbelievable. <laughs> You know, that kind of download <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like if you were trying to download a photo, it would take hours. That was the dial up. Yeah. That was 20 years ago. And you couldn't be on the phone. 
Or right, else, exactly. You know, you couldn't share. Now, the everything same was line. by the phone line. <laughs> no, man, you're. I mean, you're right. So there's no. I mean, trying to project is going to be very difficult. But and I, that's just, that's the whole yeah. thing about these new TV contracts with the NFL. All right, we'll, we'll continue on. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Maybe David Gascon. Maybe he has some insight. So what what is the media going to look like? In 2037. Man, I would love what Brady was just mentioned, the a la carte. That is, I think, when you have the powerhouses of Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, I mean, I would would go that route of having an a la carte option. And especially with what you're doing now with the NBA, how they want to get involved with eSports. I mean, you're attracting not only just the fans, but then you're attracting the gamers as well. You would do the same exact thing with the National Football League with yep. everyone out there that loves to play Madden and all the other football games that are out there as well, too. I think that would be – I mean, it would be more impressive than what they're doing right now with obviously Netflix and but, Hulu. But here's the other thing, guys. They're building these – they're going to be opening a $3 billion stadium here in L.A. Yeah. Is anybody going to be showing up for those games anymore? Oh, absolutely. Really? Why? If they're winning, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No one's showing up for Ram games right now. Yeah, they are. No, they well, no, no, no. They had like sixty something. And I that, was at a game. They had like was, 60, that, 70, fans. It's no, no, they're showing no, up, no, man. No, 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 no. All you need is sixty. There was there was a lot of Eagle fans of that game. That's okay. That's all good. Yeah, the money's yeah. money. Uh, exactly. Green, there man. are empty seats. I told you, you want to get people back in the seats of the stadium, legalize gambling at every NFL stadium. I That'll think, probably happen. If you legalize happen. gambling at every NFL stadium, Ooh. where you can do proposition bets during the course of the game, just like betting windows at the track. Then Ooh. you'll get, and the only place they can do it is at the stadiums, oh. and it's league wide. Now you got people back in the seats. Good idea. But see, I don't think you're having a problem. I mean, you mentioned Los Angeles, and that's one a market. lot of. There were empty seats in Buffalo. There were empty okay. seats everywhere. But you mentioned a couple of places. If this was like Arrowhead, or if this is up in Seattle, or if this is in Mile Lambo, High, or Lambo, Lambo. Uh, yeah, then no you'd have seats. some serious. problems. Yeah, but you problems. don't want to have empty seats in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, you uh, have to. You have a ninety thousand feet uh, seat yeah. stadium. Well, why are you building there? such a Bill Stig <laughs> stadium? Why aren't you building fifty thousand seat stadiums instead of seventy thousand? Well, listen, I think that's it's going to be all, all purpose, though. I mean, you're going to get other. Uh, you're going other events will be taking place there as well too. So I think you got to keep that element in mind as well. well. Apparently, everyone has just limitless money. Great economy right now, right? <laughs> I know you got deep pockets, David. Steve, you got to introduce me to someone I can marry into a family like that. Well, that's the key, right? <laughs> Apparently. Jeez. All right, what else is going on? Uh, college football bowl season continues with the New Orleans Bowl. Troy in North Texas. On a play fake, Silvers will throw downfield. There's he got it. That's Tavares McCormick. Tail lights flashing. Touchdown, men of Troy, counted off at 58 yards. Tail lights flashing. You like that one? I like it. I like it. Steve doesn't <laughs> like certain one. calls. I know that. Yeah, I don't want to repeat because it would be obvious who I'm talking hey, about. Hey, speaking but... of that, David, what's your like, kind of saying? You know, like everybody, like Wayne Lavery's got, and there's the dagger. What's your gun? Do you have one yet? I don't have one yet. Oh, no. you got to get one. That's, <laughs> that's the David Gascon saying that when he's doing a game, you know you're going to get it. Yeah. I got I to gotta have one that I can run by Steve before I go on air yeah. with it. Oh, that'd be, he, that'd be good. Because some of them are just so stupid. And they, You know, when, when you say something, it doesn't even make sense. Like, when you say, well, what does that mean? Then, you know, it loses its thunder. Right. Exactly, exactly. The AutoNation Cure Bowl continues in the second quarter. Western Kentucky leads Georgia State 10 up. Uh, in Major League Baseball, you guys have talked about it. Yankees, one-year deal with CC Sabathia. Dodgers, a trade-off. They get Matt Kemp back. In return, they ship off Scott Casimir, Adrian Gonzalez, Brandon McCarthy, Charlie Culberson. In the NFL, Tevin Coleman out Monday Night Football. And then a big one for Cincinnati against Minnesota. 
No running back Joe Mixon. He did not pass concussion protocol, so he's out for week 15. Seahawks might be without Bobby Wagner. Their linebacker's a game-time decision against the Rams because of a hamstring problem. Very good. Good stuff, David, as always. Nice thank you so much. By the way, Love has an army. You can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to foxsportsradio.com, clicking on the red kettle icon to donate or call 833-SAL-JOIN. That's 833-SAL-JOIN. Let me ask you right now. Yeah. Looking at the NFC. Sure. Because it's really interesting right now in the NFC. So you got one quarterback gone in Carson Wentz. Yep. And now you have another quarterback coming back mm-hmm. in Aaron Rodgers. I still can't believe – back on Carson Wentz, I, I've seen a lot of ACL tears. I've had two myself. I've right. studied ACL tears to the detail because, you like, once you get one, you're like, man, I'd hope to avoid that again. Yes. Every one of them is one to where you're either planting your knee gives or you're planting and somebody falls on you. This was more of an airborne he was sandwich in the job. Air. I think I do believe. But you saw the ball. He did I mean, something he, that never had been done before. But remember, he's played the very next play and threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, but I mean, I don't believe in the history of ACOs that we know him today that somebody's ever been airborne with their legs off the ground and torn their ACL. Yeah, two guys hit that knee it's simultaneously. Just, it's just so perfect. I mean, Google. that was the freakish. I mean, I, I don't even know. How was it that he stayed in the game and threw a touchdown pass? That was pretty sweet. That, was that a touchdown? Yeah, I yeah, thought it was, it was the next conversion. play. It was yeah. the next play. That was a pretty sweet little flick he had there, too. <laughs> and Alshon has a really nice catch right off the ground. But All right, he, so let's get to the that NFC was good, right but now. I mean, the fact that he was jumping in the air, I used to, like, when I would get into a situation where I felt like right. my knee would get landed on. Or but isn't that I'm also an indictment of reckless quarterbacks that you're putting yourself at danger I mean, everything no. That's that w- my whole point. Is that you're, you're. I mean, if 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 you're worried about your quarterback getting hurt by running with he, the football, well, he gets hurt that way. Who's to say he couldn't have been? He. I mean, to me, that's the same odds as Deshaun Watson walking in practice without any kind of contact and blown his ACL. Same well, thing. But it also goes so, back to the so old days of is, Randall Cunningham so when they told him, stop scrambling, stand in the pocket, and the first day, the he, first gets, game, exactly. he gets hit and he's out for the season. That's my whole point is then, okay, uh, if, if, if we're going to go down this road, you might as well tell none of the players ever walk. Right. Just to have them drive around. Yes. Don't practice. Yes. Do not move. Don't even move. Wrap yourself in bubble wrap. Stay inside. I don't know how that works. All right. So well, I want to go over the NFC right now. One game we have not talked at all about yet. Yeah. And that is the Seahawks hosting the Rams this week. Big the, game. Man. The Rams, wow. you know, they let that game get away on the Eagles. I mean, Wentz is out, and the Eagles came back to win that game. That was a, In fact, I was listening to the Rams broadcast yeah. uh, as they, they were still leading in the game, and their announcers, assuming that Wentz out, they got the game wrapped up, were actually saying, you know, looks like we'll have a chance to wrap up the NFC West title next week. Yeah, they get yeah. a little ahead of themselves. All right, so but the problem is, man, now is, the Rams are in danger of missing the playoffs. Yeah, and it comes down to self-discipline. That's all wow. it came down to. Right, there was. So, so what do we expect to see tomorrow in this game? Oh, it's going to be a heck of a game. I'm telling you right now. But the Rams should win. This is their game to win. This is their is kind golf of ready for prime time win. on the road against Seattle. He is a team that team shut is. down their offense earlier this year. Their team is. And really, they, they the Seahawks didn't. shut him down earlier this year. I don't know if they shut him down more than the again. The Rams had some really big time, critical, self inflicted errors. Like Gurley, he's running across the goal line 
or running into the goal, and he, and he reaches the ball. You remember that? Yeah. And the defender for Seattle hits the ball, and it goes out of the back of the end zone. Five which turnovers is for the Rams. Yeah, it's an automatic touchback. Yeah. I mean, that play right there, if if for some reason Gurley's like, eh, I'm just going to run and fall in. They right. I game. mean, the Rams did so, actually outgain him in that game, but five turnovers in that game. Trust me, the Rams should win. The Seahawks are still a mess. Yes, they are. They're going to be without Bobby they Wagner. Have no running game. Their running game is their their offensive line still hasn't been solidified. Um, I know they're playing up with the twelfth man, which makes it a little bit more challenging. I mean, I'm not saying that the the Rams are going to run away with it, but I picked the Rams to win this game because they're just a better overall team. All right, give me your one, two, three power rankings right now in the NFC with the Eagles, Vikings, Rams, Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, Lions, Packers, Cowboys. Give me your top three top right three now in the NFC. Be, yeah, still Philly. Philly's number one. Number Even with one. Nick Foles, their team's too complete. They do everything well offensively, defensively. Right. Number two, the Vikings. I can't believe it is. That with Case Keenan, their quarterback. But their defense is so sound. Yes. They never make mistakes. No. I'm telling you. And they do a nice job of disguising blitzes. They went, They had Jared Goff all day about three weeks ago guessing. like He had no idea what they were doing. And then my third team is the Rams. They're, 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 they're sustainable. What they're about the complete... Saints? A lot of people are falling in love with the Saints right now because they have a running well, game. Shoot. Their defense is uh, about, better than average. I forgot about the Saints because my, my problem with the Saints is I saw them against the Rams. Yes. And they were missing their top two corners. Yes. And they were a completely different team. With those two corners back – they're far better because they can pressure more on defense. And that inexplicable so, loss of the Falcons? Uh, Yeah, I'm still going to pull back on that, and I'm going to say the Saints are the third best team Saints in the Saints are yes. the third best, even though they lost Kamara, Oh, because Kamara, man, yeah, I'm telling good. you what, yeah. him and Ingram, that mm. is going to be the next copycat thing that every backfield is going to attempt to have. There are two backs, the one that's a, 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 a nightmare mismatch-wise, you know, trying to match them up on the perimeter – but can still run between the tackles, and then another power back. Because it's like a pitcher, man. I know just playing these kind of guys, like you get a guy out there that's got some power. Defensively, you get this mindset like, okay, we got to play against a power guy. Okay. All of a sudden, you throw out this more quick, sleek, you know, kind of joystick guy. And in the defense, it's just not like you could swip a, you flip a switch and be like, okay, now we're going to play a quicker, more shiftier guy. You're still thinking you're playing against a power guy, and then all of a sudden, you, you just – one step slow or his cuts are getting you off balance and you're constantly playing them against one another and it keeps the defense off guard. So uh, the Saints offensively are sweet. And then when they have the two corners, they're really good defensively because they can man up, press man you and blitz and do a lot of good stuff. Dennis Allen has done a fantastic job with the Saints. So yeah, the, I, I say the, they're up there. One of the side notes about the Vikings, of course, they're trying to become the first team ever to play a Super Bowl on their home field. Has never happened before. It's very possible. Rams played a Super Bowl when they were at the Coliseum at the Rose Bowl. Uh, the 49ers played a, a game at Stanford Stadium. But no NFL team has ever played a Super Bowl on their home field and could be the Vikings this well, year. This right. is what I, let me make a prediction before yeah. we go to a break. I could see, because this 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 organization, the Vikings, yes. don't ever do that again, by the way. <laughs> You brought back some majorly terrible memories. Yes. He's not even listening to me right now. Yeah, he's yeah, just thinking about yeah. thinking about Philip Rivers. He, he doesn't even have. A, okay, never mind. Yeah, but point is, the Vikings are such a cursed team that they probably are going to get to the Super Bowl. Watch, watch this happen. They're going to play all their games at home, right? Even in the Super Bowl, they're going to lose in the Super Bowl. That's what's going to happen. Wouldn't that be just so bitter? Well, it would be, be very terrible. bitter considering the Vikings are 0-4 in Super That's Bowls and saying. they've been waiting 40 years to get back to a Super That's Bowl. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll put a bow on this uh, 
NFL weekend and how it's all going to look once it's over. Coming up next. Hey, we got great news. There's a quick way to save money. We could all use a little more money right now. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Well, we want to thank the crew. Now, I don't know how Nick has operated at all during to the, today's go show. Go Chargers, go. I mean, this is <laughs> – Me neither. The last time the Chargers had a game this big was the last game of the 2014 season. The Chargers, really? uh, with a win at Kansas City, were guaranteed a spot in the playoffs, a loss they were out, and they got worked. So here you are at Kansas City three years later. And by the way, I guess technically there's a way for the loser of this game to still get into the playoffs, but you would need a miracle of like 8,000 things would have to happen. (laughs) I mean, this is all or nothing. The winner obviously is in the driver's seat. By the way, let's say the Chargers win tonight. What are the chances they would then cough it up by laying an egg at the Jets next week? Oh, there's a high percentage of that. Come on. The the weather in New York could be fearful next week. Anyway. Steve, this is the thing. We're both Charger cynics, right? Yes. This is a classic game to where the Chargers will win, right? And then they'll lay an egg, like you just said, against the Jets in the end. And it's going to come down to those two missed kicks in the beginning of the season. You know it's going to happen. So you're believing they're going to lose. Are you predicting a Charger loss tonight? Because you're the only one that Nick, you're trying to protect your emotions. I can't do it. Nick, you're trying to protect your emotions. Just go all in. Don't worry about being disappointed. Nick, I want you to say right now for the world to hear, I will guarantee (laughs) a Charger victory tonight. (laughs) Nope. No chance. Guarantee. Nick, stop protecting your emotions. You've been jaded. We all know that, but now it's time to just go for it. Get it on the record. Get it on the record. I'm not not going on any record. I'm I'm the the most cynic Charger fan you'll ever meet. That's because you've been been jaded. You've been jaded, Nick. 20 years. It's okay. It's time to let the jaded go and just go for it. Have optimism, man. And maybe, just maybe, they're going to deliver for you. In my 30 years on the air, I've made a lot of guarantees. Yes. And how have those guarantees worked out for you? Not so well. Not so well. But every once in a while, I get one right, and then I brag about it. Of course. The other ones, I forget. Really quick, guys. Hold on. How smart you are. Willard wants to jump on with a comment. I'm I'm just curious why (laughs) on Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego yesterday, I heard Steve Hartman or someone who sounded I did. I picked the Chargers to it, yes. Predicting the Chargers to beat the Chiefs I did. I closed my eye. We all made it. And now on national radio. I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to figure out I am going to say right now. It's a different day. Thank you very much, Mr. Willard. I predicted Chargers. No, I'm gonna, I'm going to repeat what I said yesterday on my radio show. Chargers 27, Chiefs 21. So there it is. I guarantee a Charger victory tonight. Boom. Done. Wow. <laughs> Done. 27, 21 Chargers. There it is. All right. Let me propose this real quick. Okay, so guys. I just made a guarantee. There Phillip, you go. Philip Rivers. If, yeah. Let's just say he wins out the season and yeah. the Chargers make the AFC. He's the West. MVP of the league. I already said he, that. He, he'll Whoa, finally have okay, a chance. Hey, he'll finally have a chance at the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Wow, he will have something. Doubled up. Okay, so, no, no, no. so if he, so you guys are anti. If he takes an 0 and 4 team and right. rattles off seven straight wins, and goes, yeah. And if he, if he MVP. wins a playoff game, MVP. He needs that on his there resume. If he gets an MVP award on his resume, that'll help. That, it's a big As long as he doesn't go in the playoffs. That's what's missing. Well, he's, he can't go in the playoff and go one and done. All right. So, he's no prediction from too. Nick. He's afraid. Uh, <laughs> David. He's been he's been jaded. Do you have a prediction at all on this uh, game tonight? What is your prediction, Chiefs-Chargers? Chargers lose. <laughs> Chiefs 
choke in the first round of the playoffs. All right, so the Chargers <laughs> he's lose. Going, Chiefs are gone. He's going next level. Though. Uh, he's going into the Eric playoffs. is with us today. All right, Eric, what's your prediction on the game tonight? I'm going Chargers win tonight. Chargers Ooh, win go. tonight. Chargers There's right. the optimism. There it is. All right, so we all, we're on the record except for you and Nick right now. So uh, he's you say me? I'm saying you. Give me a prediction. I thought I said Kansas game. City. You're going Kansas City is going to win easy? Not Close easy. Game, it's going to be a tough scoring, game. Scoring. No, it's going to be a tough game. But it's, it's tough to go into Kansas City. And by the way, it's cold. I mean, Actually, they've been down the weather, in LA. The weather is pretty mild for Kansas City. Oh, what is it? Fifty They're, degrees. I think the high today was sixty-two degrees in yeah, Kansas. Yeah, but it's going to be cold, cold and windy. Next, a week from now, apparently in, be in the twenties. In comparison to Los Angeles, it's going to be a little different. I'm just, and the, the crowd's going to be. Let loud. me ask you this though. Let me let me give this a scenario. Let's say the Chargers do win tonight. Okay. Next week they're at the Jets, and the and the weather is going to be frightful next week. That's, that could be a trap game, and then, that is a trap game, yeah. isn't it? Because the Jets are all playing with nothing to lose. The Chiefs. Yeah. Jets, bad weather. You're on the road again. <laughs> there it is. Oh, right. I it's told you. This is exactly 60 degrees. 61. I told but, you. But this, yeah, tonight, the weather is. That's, the, yeah, right, right now. now but, but but the weather is a non factor in this degrees, game. 50 degrees at kickoff tonight. Yeah, yeah well, that's I'm a non factor. It's going to be. Kansas City, oh, that's it's a gonna be, It's going to be flipping freezing for the no, no, Los Angeles no. guys. Trust me. They're going to be like going but nuts. But it could be a lot worse. A week from now, they're projecting, you know, 30s. I mean, if it's in the 20s, now you got a problem. Yeah. The weather. All right. So. But, and, and then remember this, even if the Chargers win this game, you got the game at the Jets, which is very much a potential trap game. Yeah. And then the final game will be home, if you can call that, in front of 26,000 <laughs> Raider fans. <laughs> I mean, just think the of that Raiders, dynamic. But the Raiders are horrendous. They're, like I said, they're defense I know they're bad. terrible. Most likely Jack Del Rio's going to get let go. But, I mean, go. it's going to be 26,000 Raider fans at that game. Yeah. They've already bought every ticket. Of course. They're all here anyway. They're all in the Los Angeles area right. anyway. They've all so. bought up those they tickets. They go far. How weird with that? The Raiders are just playing spoiler. <laughs> you think the Raiders are going to win against the Cowboys at home this week? No. They're going down tomorrow no. night? No. Sunday night game? You like the Cowboys? I like the Cowboys. I do. Wow. They're getting better. All right, so Get bottom line here, line Aaron Rodgers. Will Aaron Rodgers lead oh, he's the Packers save to save the season? They're Undefeated. In the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 